season seven and time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at a week of wrestling with your most fickle host lip hazlywood where we take a look back at the big three that's monday night hurrah the NXT and Friday Night Smackdown and in that very particular order as well listener now there's only one thing left to do and that's to say shabalabalo it's time to start the wrestling show so if you will please Take it away, and let's go! This just in. It's time for the wrestling show once again to take a look back at the WWE Universe. So, let's go. One, two, one, two, Lip really loves wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling like he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. Well, Bo. Well, Bo. Welcome to the Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of uh, representing the WWE and live from uh, the Paycom Center in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma. It's uh, Monday Night Raw. Air date, October the 16th, 2023. This episode is, of course, the uh, season premiere of Monday Night Raw. Now, before we dive into the show, just a quick shout-out to the uh, non-competitors. That's right, they are the glue that holds the building together with the backbone of such, uh, of the uh, structure, whatever. Now, first and foremost, used to be representing the authority figure, now... He is the general manager, the official general manager of Monday Night Raw. It's Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, it's Jackie Redmond. And of course, uh, letting everybody know who's about to fight and the uh, results of such matches, we've got ourselves, uh, what's that, uh, Samantha Irving. That's right. And last, but certainly not least... It's the commentary crew. It's the play-by-play -play guys, the hosts, and I call them narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team. It's a new, newly shuffled team. Now, first of all, he's my personal favorite. Um, you think he's one of the best out there in commentary. Um, he's a man with the uh, soothing yet raspy voice. I call him my personal man crush. It's Wade Barrett. And backing up Wade Barrett today, Wade calls him uh, KP. But we all know him as the very enthusiastic Kevin Patrick. Backing up Wade Barrett on Monday Night Raw. That's right. So anyways, 
Without any further acadoos, let's get started with the, the big show today. After all, it's the, the premiere of uh, Raw. So here we go. Now we start this whole day off with uh, a Sami Zayn. Now this new journey of Sami Zayn is taking place uh, as a, a solo artiste, so to speak. Now, this whole thing, uh, first of all, Sami Zayn welcomes everybody to the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. And then he's got, he talks about, you know, how, about what's happening in uh, in his career, in his life right now in the WWE, him and Kevin Owens. Um, they were, they are former tag team champions. You know, uh, they missed their opportunity to uh, reclaim it in their rematch. And right now, Kevin Owens has been drafted to smack it down. So now the, uh, the tag team has flown the coop, no longer there right so Sami Zayn he's got mixed feelings about this right first of all he's like this gives him an opportunity um, now he's alone he's got his goal is his main focus now is become the top guy the, the main guy in the WWE so he's not looking for the secondary championship he's looking for the championship that's right so this would be the heavyweight championship of Money Night Raw which is good but then again he goes on the flip side of this and saying that, yeah, you know what, I still blame Jey Uso. Why do you blame Jey Uso for? I mean, uh, clearly, it doesn't really, It do, when it comes down to it, a competitor going to R and SmackDown, switching over, or even NXT to another brand, never before have they decided, like, well, we got to even the odds now and, uh, and balance it off and by tossing someone back there. Never has it happened before. Never has it happened before. But I guess this is the angle they're running with today, this time. So it's... Uh, Sami Zayn blaming Jey Uso but is Jey really to blame or is it Cody Rhodes to blame because they're saying Cody Rhodes is the one who's responsible for bringing Jey to Monday Night Raw so isn't it Cody Rhodes fault so isn't this mixed uh, you know placement of uh, blame anyways he it's about uh, you know Kevin Owens not being there and so anyways while he's talking about it oh we have a little problem that's right it's the Judgment Day. That's right. The mostly four out of my guess. Well, four your mom told me you know, it's, uh, the other day. Finn Balor, Damien Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Homo. So I promised her in early May I'll make a pie. So they all come down there, you know. And uh, yeah, Mama Ria, uh, Ria Ripley, she's definitely the dead mother of this whole uh, Judgment Day, and uh, basically comes down to this: um, they got to get rid of uh, Sami Zayn permanently, permanently, because now that uh, Kevin Owens, they got don't have to worry about Kevin Owens anymore. Apparently, now they got to get rid of. Uh, now Kevin Owens is just on SmackDown. And uh, I guess that doesn't matter. So anyways, now they want to get rid of Sami Zayn from Raw and their, their lives. So they, they come in there, all of them, like I say, you know, four of them, uh, come down the ring now. They, they have four people. They can officially surround the ring, one person each side. But they leave one, corner, one side open. Really, if Sami Zayn really wanted to get out of there, he just powdered right back to the back. You know, you left one side open, idiots. But it doesn't really matter. 
because uh, someone comes in to help out, helps out Sami Zayn. And that's uh, Mr. Ajay Uso himself. I love cheese mousse with my French bread. I love cheese mousse with my... Okay. Bad attempt at the song. But uh, when I fill my belly up, I usually just go to bed. That's right. That's my uh, song of uh, Jay Uso, his new song. Not a big fan, but, you know, I guess once I perform it better, it'll be better. It'll be better. You'll probably grow on me. Regardless, not about the song. It's about Jay Uso helping out some uh, Sami Zayn. So he comes down there with a the chair, an extra chair in hand, gives one to Sami Zayn, and out goes the Judgment Day, even though it would, they were outlawed gunned a four to two. You know, I guess with the chairs, the uh, Judgment Day decides to leave to take a powder, baby. And we meet backstage. It's Sami Zayn and uh, Jey Uso. It comes down to, uh, you know, Sami's just straight up conflicted. Because he blames Jey Uso with the, the fact that uh, Kevin Owens is gone. He's gone. Oh my. Or is it, is it really Jey's fault? Because I said it's not Jey's fault. It's, it's really Cody's fault. Because Cody brought Jey over there. Because uh, when it comes down to it, it's uh, not their fault. It's Nick Aldis. He's the new general manager of SmackDown. He's the one that brought um, Kevin Owens over. So uh, yeah, really, come on now. So he's still upset. He's not sure about uh, what's going on. Jay's like, are we good? Are we good? I don't know. I'm still, I'm still up in arms. There are little things you, uh, 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 you uh, Kevin should have been there helping me rather than you, you know, uh, stuff like that. But it comes down to this. Sami Zayn thinks about it for a hot minute, then calls over, runs over to uh, Jey Uso, gives him an old hug. You forgive me. I forgive Can we just be good again? He's blubbering and stuff like that. They give a good hug. You know? Yeet! Yeet! And big old huggy. Huggy pooey. So good stuff. Good fun stuff there. Now, here we go. Our first match of the night. It is uh, a Falls Count Anywhere match. Not just the fact that uh, you can get a pinfall outside the ring. But uh, apparently, with Falls Count means uh, anything goes. No disqualifications. That's right. You can bring a cat and swing it at your opponent and nothing would happen. No disqualifications. It's true. Anything goes. So it's, yeah. So you can say it's also a uh, no holds barred match. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. So, um, Ricochet. I wait for the Ricochet. He comes up for it. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, after his huge loss, I'm thinking, what's going on with Shinsuke? How is he going to, uh, you know, what's the next section of Shinsuke's life? And apparently it's uh, Ricochet. Ricochet. So Shinsuke goes in the ring there. He gets kicked out of the ring. And uh, the match starts. And the match is about 13 and a half minutes. You know? And this was uh, a lot of fun. You know, uh, this match instantly leaves the ring. Mm -hmm. And it goes uh, to the backstage area, you know, after uh, Ricochet with a massive tope suicida. Over the top rope. Really wonderful. I mean, when it comes down to uh, high flying, um, Ricochet is the gold standard with uh, Luchador, Lucha, uh, Lucha Libre style. Fans down. No one is better than Ricochet. So they end up fighting and they take it up the ramp and now it's out into the uh, gorilla area. That's right. Take it right to the backstage. Mm -hmm. They fight back there and they bring it back out, you know, into the crowd. And then they have their big spot. Now Kevin Owens had a huge uh, um, swanton bump, you know, in the, uh, in the crowd area. Where there's like uh, an, ex an exit, 
know where the crowd can go in and out of uh, to get their concessions or whatnot. You know, Kevin Owens had a spot up. Now I guess Ricochet's got to have his moment. So he climbs up there and uh, you know, it was still it, this is super super highly dangerous. Oh my god, this is crazy dangerous. You know, uh, there are like 10, 15 people down below waiting to catch uh, Ricochet, but there is those uh, railings there that he can easily bump his head off there, bump his head off a railing there, and uh, that's it. It's game over for your life. So he was a big, you know, swanton. Actually, you would say, yeah, swanton right off. To, actually, no, it was like, uh, not a swanton at all. It was a, uh, um, it's a shooting star off the top there. So the most incredibly, most difficult move, and he squashes uh, a whole bunch of people with Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, later on, they get to fight to the ring there. Shinsuke, he takes over and he brings out his uh, his weapon of choice. It is called Nunchaku. Nunchakus. The Nunchucks. And he uh, brings them both two out. He two hands Nunchucks. One in each hand. He... <laughs> See, so quite a demon with those Nunchucks. Nunchakus. Nunchaku. Yep, uh, I plows him a couple of times. Ricochet, and he throws Nunchucks away. I'm done with them. They fight on. Ricochet turns things around. He gets a wonderful 450... Uh, What's that? Springboard splash. The springboard 450. Incredible. Ricochet. His scale level is just incredibly high. Um, now, end sequence here. Ricochet sets up a table. You know, uh, earlier on in the match. Um, Ricochet end up, and Ricochet and uh, Shinsuke ends up fighting onto the ropes. Going to the corner there and he on a second, first rope. Um, Shinsuke then gives him, a, a, I guess, a kick to the head. Just kicks him to the head. And Ricochet throws himself off. Oh! He flies to the air. Flies to the air. Look, up in the sky. And he f goes to the table. Mm -hmm. I think there could have been a better spot for the table. But nope. It, regardless. Ricochet goes to the table. And uh, it's not over for Ricochet because Shinsuke follows up with the, the Kinshasa. Right to the face. Kinshasa! One, two, three, it's over. And like I say, 13 and a half minutes. This was a lot of fun. This match was a lot of fun. No diggity doubt. Moving on. We go backstage and this with uh, um, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Chelsea Green, she is incredible. She's a genius when it comes down to uh, her mic skills, her comedic timing, everything. She's great. She looks amazing too. And she's bringing uh, Piper Niven along for the ride. You know, Piper Niven uh, changing also. Um, I think this is great. A great pairing. You know? So they're backstage, and uh, I guess Chelsea's giving an earful. You know, just, uh, I guess you can say she's uh, um, disrespecting Tegan Knox, Caden uh, Carter, and Katana Chance. Caden uh, Carter and Katana Chance. They've been doing a lot of backstage, uh, being seen backstage. Nothing in the ring, though. But at least they're getting some airtime. But behind them is a, a, very, is a Nikki Cross brooding. Brooding. So what's going on with Nikki Cross? Who knows? Doesn't matter. Who knows? It's going to matter because it's not first for Nikki to be background, uh, to be a wallflower, to be a wallflower in a, uh, a scene. She's being a wallflower again. But anyways, it's Tegan Knox getting in the face of uh, Chelsea Green. Saying that, uh, you know, it's, it's this is really good. I like this thing. So it might be, uh, hold on. So Chelsea's like saying, you get in my face again, Piper Niven's going to get destroyed, to, you know, do what she's going to do to you, what she's going to do to Natalia. 
And speaking of which, you're going to do Natalia. The match comes up next. It is a one-on-one match. Natalia, Bret Hart versus Piper Niven. No, Natalia. She's doing, you can tell, she's doing her job in the gym. She's looking great. And uh, what gets me? Now, before the match, Natalia, she has those glasses. Those uh, Bret Hart glasses she comes in the ring with. And she gives it to a fan, you know. So she gives it to a fan, and it's another kid. Oh, what a little pervy little boy. Mm-hmm. She just gropes her right there. Ah, oh, there's the boob. Like, uh, yep. Are you, the, are you the envy of your class? Probably. Probably. So anyways, that was the best thing that happened to the kid. But however, Natalia's day just went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. It's true. So the match. The match. It was six and a half minutes. Piper Niven, Natalia... And it was a lot of ground game because there's no way Natalia's going to slam Piper Niven. There's no way. Um, one thing for sure, Natalia had a lot of pin attempts. Dodge tried to get the pin on uh, Piper quite a few times. Quite a few times. Now, Piper, she's just too slow for the very quick Natalia, apparently. She misses with the, uh, the Santon, the running Santon, and misses with the, uh, the basement, uh, what's that, the high cross. Yeah, she had that earlier on. She missed both of those things. And then moving on, now we got a Natalia move. It's a, it's a, uh, I guess you can say, uh, it's a move she always does, you know. It's classic. It's classic. Natalia, where you, your opponent's sitting down on the ground and she runs over you. She, she jumps, she like, she walks over your back. And when she's running by you, she stands on your back. She you know, steps on you while she's running on top of you and over you. And then she hits those ropes and she follows it with a basement drop kick. Now, this is the funny thing about the drop kick. It's uh, the fact that uh, she ended up just taking a back bump in front of, in front of uh, Piper. She missed completely. I'm like, what is going on? Really? You can clearly see you just took a back bump right in front of Piper between her legs. Like, come on now. Come on now. At least tr it, go for a missile drop kick. You know? So sad. So sad. Anyways, Natalia tries to finish off Piper, you know, um, with a uh, sharpshooter. Because after that, she tried to go for a pin and get it. Of course, of course, she goes for a sharpshooter, and uh, it's uh, Chelsea Green. She pops up on the apron there, tries to distract everybody. The referee's like, oh, hey, my lady, what can I do for you? How can I help you? It's like, I would like to file a complaint. Well, that happens. Piper Niven kicks off Natalia. She bumps into uh, Chelsea Green. So not much there. Um, Natalia gets a little upset. She gets turned around. She gets thrown to the ground. And then it is the basement high cross on Natalia by Piper Niven. One big move. It is over for Natalia Bradhart. Shame, shame, shame. Now, going in for just the uh, ridicule. It's, uh, you know, the nail in the coffin, so to speak. It's uh, Chelsea Green, Piper Niven. Chelsea uh, ridiculing the holy hell out of uh, Natalia. Piper Niven going with the kicks and punches. Just so lame looking, you know. Anyways, coming to save the day is uh, uh, Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox runs in there to save the day. And the first person she goes for is not Piper Niven, who's who's in the wrestling gear. It's uh, Chelsea Green. She's not in the wrestling gear. She's got these nine-inch stilettos. You know she can't really defend herself well. So she goes straight for Chelsea Green. Really, really. Doesn't surprise me, you know. Anyways. Next up, 
we go backstage and it's a little bit of the, uh, I guess, uh, the Judgment Day still. You know, it's uh, Finn Balor, not all Judgment Day. It's just Finn Balor, Damien Priest, Dominic Mysterio. And it's, uh, uh, I guess, it's a coup going on. So call a coup. Damien Priest thinks it's uh, important that they take out some uh, Drew McIntyre. You know? And Finn's like, yo, I'm right with you. I'm with you. And then Dominic's like, hey, uh, listen, guys, uh, you can't do it. You can't touch uh, Drew McIntyre. Mommy says so. It's mommy. So, yeah, and then mommy comes in there and she's like, hey, what are you guys doing over here? You know, I got things with Drew McIntyre in the, up in hand. Or I can hail it myself. Hey, what about your match with uh, Shayna Baszler? What about your match with Shayna Baszler? Says Finn Balor. Yeah, I can handle Shayna Baszler myself too. Dom is like, hey, can I help you? Would you like some help in the ring there? No, Dom Dom, I don't need any help today. I'm Shayna, I'm Rhea Ripley, bloody damn it. And it's true, Rhea Ripley, he, she barely needs any help on her side when she fights. I mean, very rarely does she have Dominic in her side when she has a wrestling match. But then again, very few times has Rhea Ripley fought on uh, Monday Night Raw, you know. I think Rhea Ripley had more title defenses in uh, NXT than she has in Raw this year. This year. Actually, during her title reign altogether. Okay, next up, we go in uh, Don Damien Priest. Like, hey, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there, uh, Rhea Ripley. You know, just a second ago, yeah. Just like, so it's showing the side of uh, Damien Priest of a two-face. A two-face son of a bitch. Okay, so moving on. We got ourselves, oh, it's Seth Rollins hits the ring there. Now, Seth Rollins, he's become quite a fashion guru. Or uh, a, some would call a guru. Some would call him a clown. My goodness. So, oh, Seth Rollins outdoes himself today. I'm not sure who dresses Seth Rollins. I'm thinking maybe it's, it's uh, his wife. Because he's looking like a, uh, what's that? Uh, you would call him maybe a uh, an emo. You know, he looks like uh, some sort of... Uh, um, an emo goth dressed like that with uh, his uh, you know see-through shirt there and his, his, he's wearing I think he's, he's wearing a dress and he's got these weird oversized combat boots something like a really try-hard emo goth would wear I mean it, is, it is, looks weird he looks weird but one thing um, Seth Rollins has got is confidence in wearing it he didn't feel uncomfortable wearing it I mean, he just thinks like wow like, what is he wearing he looks like an absolute buffoon he looks like a buffoon so he's, he's in the ring there, uh, you know, Seth Rollins. No, other than what he's wearing and what in my paintings, what he's wearing. Uh, he starts complaining about Drew McIntyre. And, uh, you know, and he's talking about that Drew McIntyre. He's like, he wants me 100%, uh, but, uh, you know, he stands by when I'm attacked by uh, Damien Priest. And then he steps in when Dominic Mysterio tries to help. So what is that? What is that all about? So when he calls out Drew McIntyre, Drew, show your face with my crazy outfit, my crazy outfit. And oh, his glasses too. I, I, I'm not even sure how um, Seth Rollins can see anything with his, his ridiculous new gla his glasses on. Uh, it's like a, a version of the Inuit, the Inuit. Um, there's snow blind glasses. Their glasses, uh, they got shades that uh, protect them from snow blind. They look sort of like that. But uh, couture and dumb, regardless. That's just my opinion. That's one's my opinion. 
A lot of people might think they're really sexy. Anyways, so Drew McIntyre's out there. He's got a lot of explaining to do. A lot of explaining to do. And, uh, you know, this is very complicated. Uh, Drew McIntyre, he's all over the place there. He wants the best version of, uh, you know, Seth Rollins, but yet he's got some problems with the uh, the bloodline. You know? And apparently, Seth Rollins like, saying, you got to get over it. Get over it. You know? It's like, uh, I've had things. I've had people, you know, uh, you know, try to stop me, but didn't stop me, you know? So basically comes down to uh, this. Uh, what's the difference is uh, between the, the more... Yeah, let's see. Seth Rollins says he can understand the, the trafe uh, Drew McIntyre is going through. But uh, for four years, Seth Rollins has been fighting to get to the top of the mountain. And it's true. He's he's uh, was champion and he, he fought and fought and fought. Sometimes you would think nothing would happen, but eventually they gave him a championship belt because after all, you know, Roman Reigns wouldn't get rid of it. <laughs> they can't get rid from Roman Reigns. He just... His, anyways. Um, so... He says over at, uh, I believe it's going to be Crown Jewel. It's going to be the fact that when you lose to me, you will have no excuses. No excuses. You know, because he's blaming like, oh, when I was fighting Roman Reigns, it was the Usos who ruined it for me. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a big thing. Um. So it's going to be big. It's going to be big. It's going to be exciting. What's going to happen? So, yeah, that uh, pretty pinched a nerve on uh, Drew McIntyre. Really upset. I'm nothing like you. How can you respect that? He didn't say that. But anyways, uh, it comes down to accusation as well. He doesn't think uh, um, Drew McIntyre can do it on his own. So he's got footage of him talking to Rhea Ripley. You know, behind the scenes, uh, you know. So explain yourself there. Well, I can't explain that anyways. So, there might be a thing where Drew McIntyre has drawn an alliance with Rhea Ripley, but uh, this thing, maybe it's just, uh, you know, what you see is not what you get. Because Rhea Ripley was going up trying to get... Judgment Day was trying to recruit a lot of people, like Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso. And some reason, I guess, maybe uh, Rhea Ripley wanted to recruit, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre. Maybe they might touch on this later on. You know, why exactly Rhea Ripley was talking to Drew McIntyre in the first place. Regardless, moving on, we go to our next match. It, it is uh, a huge one. It's uh, Johnny Gargano versus Imperium's Ludwig Kaiser. Ludwig Kaiser! And with Ludwig Kaiser, it's uh, Giovanni Vinci. You know, I decide. Now, this one here was probably match of the night. This was a very, very good match. Um, Giovanni uh What's that? Ludwig Kaiser! He's a great, he's a math technician. He's a great wrestler. But, you know, they don't call uh, Johnny Gargano Johnny Wrestling for nothing. Because uh, Johnny Gargano is one hell of an innovator in the ring. He thinks wrestling. He lives and breathes wrestling. You can tell. This man is wrestling. Only thing against Johnny Gargano is his size. That's it. Johnny Gargano has a, a beautiful wrestling mind. Beautiful wrestling mind in a... Um, light cruiserweight body. So, this match was, like I say, really good. Live back and forth. Um, Ludwig Kaiser chucks, uh, what's that, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Gargano to the ring post. And then he sets a setup for his uh, a drop kick, his uh, flying drop kick into the corner area. 
which is good because he this is a uh, Ludwig Kaiser's uh, a patent move he does he uh, hits those ropes with a flying drop kick to an upside down opponent and this is a good way to set it up it's like wham bam it's no real like oh how do I get them there good way good stuff I appreciated that appreciated the naturalness of that uh, setup anyways Johnny Gargano he's got some insane moves now one he's got uh, like a it's, what's that a tarantula like a tarantula you know, a tarantula is like when you tie someone into the ropes there to do a, a submission hold on the ropes. This one here was like a, uh, um, what's that, label lock. Within the ropes trying to get uh, Ludwig Kaiser. It was pretty damn impressive uh, the, the, how to think about this move. Johnny Gargano with a great move on Ludwig Kaiser. Now, also, another fantastic move by Johnny Gargano was a, a tornado, uh, what's that, uh, yeah, um, yeah, um, it's a face buster, uh, well, actually, not really a face buster, it's, uh, um, what's that, uh, flatliner, it's like a tornado flatliner, that's right. I thought I wrote it down there, but uh, maybe I haven't. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, I got every follows a little bit better. Anyways, tornado flatliner. Match goes on. Now here's where it gets really hilarious. It gets really strange. Now, it didn't make any sense why it happened, but Ludwig Kaiser was uh, going towards the ropes. He was about the ropes. You know, not really at the corner where uh, Johnny Gargano was going to do. He was going in for the kill, going up some stomps and whatnot. Referee, instead of counting, he decides to shoulder tackle. Johnny Gargano away from uh, Ludwig Kaiser. I'm like, what is going on? Why is a referee touching um, Johnny Gargano? Makes no sense at all. You know? So anyways, that gave uh, Ludwig Kaiser the opportunity, the upper hand for a little bit, but uh, you know what? Even a pinning situation didn't get it. Huh? So the fight goes on. Now they have a moment there. It's uh, Ludwig Kaiser and uh, Giovanni Vinci. Now, Ludwig Kaiser gets rolls outside the ring there, and he gets face-to-face -face with Giovanni. Giovanni's like, make sure that uh, Ludwig's okay. But Ludwig's like, oh, yo, get back there! So he gets really upset with Giovanni. Now, here's the end sequence here. Ludwig Kaiser goes back to the ring there. He gets greeted with Johnny Gargano with this uh, Widow's Bell um, DDT. Knocks down, uh, you know, Gio uh, Ludwig Kaiser. And then goes with his massive, uh, I guess... Uh, his massive slingshot uh, DDT, you know, the end game DDT. So that would have been it. But here's the thing. Johnny Gargano goes to the pin. One, two, but then it's, uh, what's that? Uh, Giovanni Vinci with the eye poke. Johnny Gargano gets up and uh, charges at uh, Giovanni Vinci and hits him with the massive uh, My Cousin Vinny. Oh! Flies to the air. Oh! knocks him down he gets back to the ring well actually he tries to beat up some more uh, Giovanni outside the ring Giovanni escapes him by running through the ring area past his friend uh, Luther Kaiser and uh, I guess uh, Johnny Gargano is looking after trying to get some revenge still and but he gets caught off guard with a, a massive insecurity kick by Luther Kaiser and then it's like the uh, his finishing move, Ludwig Kaiser's finishing move is a DDT, but set up with the Sister Abigail. Sister Abigail set up to the DDT. Beautiful looking DDT. Mm -hmm. It's like a variation of the crossroads. It's true. Anyways, 
Next up, we go backstage, and it's with uh, a little bit of the, uh, I don't know, uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell back there, and they have a little conversation with the uh, Becky Lynch, who is the NXT champion. Now, the thing is, uh, Indy Hartwell, she's like saying that, you gave everybody, you why you give everybody a championship, Mitch? You know, I never lost a belt in the first place. That bastard Shawn Michaels stripped it from me. She didn't say that, but... Uh, she deserves a title rematch. Title match, anyways, for a belt she didn't lose. And it's uh, Becky Lynch like, yeah, I always wanted to fight you. So, let's make it happen. I'll talk to Adam Pierce. Too sweet. See, he agrees. Or even uh, if, uh, yeah, let's get this done. And before you knew it, it's uh, she goes face to face with, uh, you know, Rhea Ripley, your women's Monday Night Raw champion. And Becky's like, well, maybe it'll be called Becky Two Belts. Maybe it'll be Becky Two Belts. Yeah. But then again, it is a little possibility in that. A little possibility. She done it one time. Can she do it again? Maybe. Now we go backstage again with uh, Drew McIntyre. He's, uh, I guess he's going to Sami Zayn. He's, uh, like he's talking about uh, Sami Zayn proving himself after leaving the bloodline. You know, uh, and stepping up as a leader in Raw. You know, it's like, yeah. That's very good of you, Sami Zayn. Stepping up as a leader. Now, uh, but how can you forgive J.E.S.J. Uso so easily? How could you do it? It's like, you gotta let it go. You gotta relax, you know. I can, I've been part of this whole thing, you know. I can relate to you, you know, but, uh, just, I've been part of the thing. And she's going through his history with the, the Usos and how why he can forgive or how he can forgive so easily. And then uh, comes down to this, uh, you just don't understand. It's like, how could, how, what, what, what's that? You were never a champion. I was a champion. I lost the belt because of it. So, yeah. So, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, it is true. Sami Zayn has never been the world champion. Never been the man. You know, so I guess he's taking that as a personal jab and insult, but bringing up a little bit of facts, a little bit of truth. It's like, but it comes next week. It's like, I challenge you next week then. So Sami Zayn versus, uh, you know, uh, Drew McIntyre next week. Anyth if anything, this is going to be a good, a good match, a good, very good match. Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn. Um, obviously, Drew McIntyre's got the size. Sami Zayn, he's a uh, wrestling genius. He's a, uh, you know. He's an architect in the ring there. No diggity do, so that should be good. Well, anyway, it has, it has all the potential. That's all I'm saying. Moving on. We go into the ring there, a pre-match uh, ramble with uh, Rhea Ripley. Let's talk about, uh, every, you know, everybody wants a piece of Monday Night Ripley. Monday Night Mammy. I'll always be on top. Oh, mommy always on top. My accent's fluctuating there, but nevertheless, so it's like that. So the match is uh, Judgment Days, Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler, and this match is not a, uh, a championship match. Why not? I don't know why. It could have been a championship match. It could have been fun, but you know what? It just isn't. It just isn't. But at least we're going to see Rhea Ripley fight. This match here, uh, now when they wrestled, this was good. The wrestling part of the match was good, but, you know, the end of the match here kind of disqualified it for becoming uh, me to really, you know, rank it how good it was. It was fun. That's all I can say. It was a fun match. I guess that says a lot. Now, Rhea Ripley. 
Now there's a move where Riri takes his bump, like on top of her head, on her side of her neck and her top of her head. Um, she gets her arm, it's an arm whip. She gets her arm taken and she gets thrown downwards and she does almost like a um, 180. She like drops on her head. So it's like, oof. Now that could be very dangerous, but it could be a really well-placed bump. Maybe it could be a, um, a Rhea Ripley signature. But anyways, look good for Rhea. Maybe a different setup would be better, but I don't know. But it looked pretty devastating. Pretty devastating. Now, early in the match, too, uh, Shayna Baszler does her thing where she stomps on your arm. She puts your, she gets some uh, joint manipulation, gets you down there, and she stomps on your old elbow. And that did a huge damage on Rhea Ripley because that was the Cody Rhodes stroke. Oh! Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! And Rhea Ripley is suffering with that whole elbow thing to hold through the rest of the match. Suffering to that. So she, not only does she have to beat uh, Ron, uh, with Shayna Baszler, but she's got to beat the pain that she's going through with the elbow uh, to boot. But anyways. Now, this is where, uh, now they start going fighting, like punching, to trading punches. And then uh, Shayna Baszler threw a kick. And then that's when uh, Wade Bird's like, oh, there's a hockey match, the hockey fight that broke out. It's like, uh, you know what? Uh, if it's a hockey fight, uh, they definitely throw, don't throw kicks. I wouldn't mind it being a hockey fight because they're two girls and, you know, usually a hockey fight breaks out. Someone gets their jersey pulled over their head, you know, with two girls fighting in there. You can't have that. You can't have that. You know, just the wrong channel for that. Anyways, moving on. Rhea Ripley shows why she's uh, fearless. She goes to the top rope with a massive missile dropkick, showing that she is one of the greatest uh, high flyers in the women's division. Probably, yeah, one of the best high flyers, you know. Because there's a few women that go up the top, uh, like uh, Zoe Stark and, uh, you know, uh, Tiffany Stratton. Great, great performers. And then here we go, the trope. Oh, the, the elbow. Rhea Ripley tries to put an end to it with the uh, Shayna Baser. Tries to get it with the Riptide. Oh, it gets ripped. Uh, no, she couldn't do it. Um, Rhea Ripley gets, uh, you know, countered with an arm bar. Yarg, yarn bar, yarg. Rhea Ripley breaks out of that with a uh, power bomb. Power bombs herself out of that one. And then this is where everything falls apart. This is why the matches can't be either good or bad. Because it just becomes fun. Because right there, Nia Jax decides, oh, she's got to the ring there. Bah, 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 bah. No! She's all upset, you know. And uh, not just that. But uh, when she goes up, she climbs to the ring. She can't do anything because it's uh, Raquel Rodriguez. She comes to the ring there. She pulls down, uh, you know, Nia Jax from the ropes. Nia Jax ends up uh, throwing her face first into the ring steps. Plump. Nia Jax then... She turns her attention away and uh, she gets attacked by uh, a Zoe Stark with a massive uh, front bump on. She just jumps on her. Yeah, gives a good uh, a swanton. You know, a good front bump on top of her. And then it's uh, Raquel gets her bounce again, just takes out for some reason. She's just, she's just fighting every woman out there. She doesn't care, Raquel. You know, just focus on one person. Focus on uh, Naya. What did uh, um, Zoe Stark do to you? I don't know, whatever. So it's free for all. Zoe Stark is taken out. Then she's thrown into the ring for some reason by Rick Hell. Throws Zoe Stark into the ring for some unknown reason. Um, Rick Hell tries to take out some, uh, you know, Nia Jax. And then she runs herself, you know, um, Rick Hell runs herself 4.0 style into the steel steps. It's hilarious. And then we go into the ring there. Zoe Stark ends the match with a big kick to uh, Rhea Ripley's head. 
Disqualification. And then uh, big battle ensues. Rhea Ripley picks up uh, Zoe Starks, throws her at uh, Shayna Baszler. You know. And then it's a little face-to-face. Nia Jax and uh, Rhea Ripley. They start battling it out. Uh, Rhea Ripley ends up picking up, uh, you know, uh, Nia Jax. And that's when uh, the ending comes in where, uh, you know, Zoe Stark kicks down the pair. Nia Jax lands on top of Rhea Ripley. And it's uh, Zoe Stark looking the queen of the jungle over there. Looking like she's got the best, uh, you know, looking the best out of all the women. Mm-hmm. Zoe Stark, I'm a big fan of her. She's looking great. Uh, possible future champion, maybe. She looks good. I just got to see her more in the ring. What can she do? She hasn't been doing much fighting. The women's division has been suffering as of lately. Hopefully, this new season will be a difference in the women's division. Uh, but here we go. Moving on. Backstage. It's, uh, I guess, a little bit of the uh, Becky Lynch and Adam Pierce. Becky bringing the idea between her and India Hartwell. A match. And uh, Adam Pierce like, uh, Sure, you and uh, Indy Hartwell next week for the championship. I'll just run that by uh, Sean Shawn Michaels before we get the whole thing going. But it's looking good. And then she turns around to find herself face to face with uh, Zia Lee. What about me? What about me? You know, first it was, uh, you know, Tegan Knox, now it's Indy Hartwell. What about me? It's like, what about you? It's like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why, uh, you know, Becky Lynch acknowledged her. Becky really should be saying like, um, remind, I'm sorry, you, who, who are you again? Because you know, she's never there. I mean, the last time, um, I guess, uh, Zia Lee has been inside the ring in a match. I don't think she's ever been in a match in the ring this year. This year. She has done nothing this year, and she expects a title match. Really? Really? Okay, so that's I just found that absolutely hilarious. And then before Becky Lynch can leave, she goes face-to-face face, face with the newest inquirement, uh, Jade Cargill. American beef, baby. Cargill beef. Anyways. So they have a little bit of a, you know, face-to-face there. Becky Lynch giving no respect. You know, Jade's like, whatever, laughs it off. But it's uh, welcome to uh, the WWE, or is it welcome to Raw? I thought she was kind of a stint in the NXT for a little bit. Who knows what? She's being passed around a lot. So here we go. Our next match. It is Bronson Reed versus Gunther. Now, this match was about 12 and a half minutes. This was a match of the night. This was incredible. Now, Gunther is got height advantage. But uh, Bronson Reed's is actually the bigger of the opponents now. Maybe uh, three, three years ago, two years ago, maybe three years ago. Let's give it three years ago. Two and a half, three years ago, Gunther was a different person. Gunther was maybe uh, 150 pounds heavier. So three years ago, I would say Gunther and uh, Bronson Reed would be the same size weight limit, weight, uh, you know, category. This time, I guess uh, Bronson Reed, he's the bigger man of the two. So it's... Uh, now, this was great. This slide they had to... Now, Gunther's known for his chops. Bronson Reed, you give him the chops back, and Bronson Reed was suffering too. He's got his... Uh, the pores in his chest were squirting blood, just like shamey shame. He was getting hit hard, hard. 
No, here we go. We got to move here. The Death Valley Driver. The non-release Death Valley Driver by Bronson Reed. I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Can they even do that these days? This is a... Uh, yeah, a non-release Death Valley Driver. So you're, you're taking a high... Your bump high in your neck. High in your neck. You're taking your entire weight. You know? It's like uh, taking the old uh, Brain Buster. A real Brain Buster. So yeah. Or the Jackhammer. Except different... Uh, a variation of Jackhammer. So anyway, it was like, wow, these moves were huge. These moves were strong. These moves, guys were hitting each other hard. Bronson Reed, they fight on top rope. Bronson Reed on the top rope with a massive suplex. Just, it's a throw. It was a throw. It wasn't a, just like, uh, it was a drop. It was a throw off the top rope. Throwing Gunther right off the top. It was breathtaking. It was a huge move. Now, Bronson Reed just tries to uh, back it up by going to, the uh, going to the ropes and giving him a tsunami. However... He tsunamis nobody. Gunther moves out of the way now. Early on in the match, Gunther did try to pick up Bronson Reed with a power bomb. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get him up. Now here, after the miss with the uh, tsunami, he gets drop kicked to the corner. Whammo! And then dropped down to the ground there with a massive clothesline, I believe. And then it's the massive um, the Gunther splash. Doesn't get the pin, but then he picks up. Bronson Reed with a massive power bomb drops, you know, Bronson Reed down. I thought, wow, could this be the end of Gunther's title reign? Could this be the beginning of the greatness of Bronson Reed? You know, but nope. After that one hellacious power bomb, it was over for Bronson Reed. The title reign continues for, you know, uh, Gunther. But I can see, you know, when. They decide Gunther is done with his title reign. I think it's the fact that they're going to put move him on to uh, going to maybe SmackDown, going for the world championship there, taking it away from uh, Roman Reigns, who's doing nothing with it. So shameful, so shameful. Yeah, that's what I think anyways. Anyways, moving on. Gunther with a huge, huge-ass victory. And then we go backstage with uh, some Jackie Redman with uh, a one-on-one welcoming uh, The Miz. To the season premiere of Raw. And Miz can just do is just complain. Oh, no, Miz! I should be there in the first place. I should be going on the first. I should be starting off the show, not Sami Zayn. And then blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the Miz. Oh, Miz. He didn't really cry, but uh, it was like he was literally could have cried right there, the Miz. He's very important. Miz thinks he's very important. But anyways, while he's trying, he's trying to talk about uh, you know him how important he is. We got ourselves a little bit of a disrespectful thing. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. It was uh, Nia Jax comes in there, grabs the microphone off Jackie. Yeah. Give me the microphone, and she starts uh, cutting a promo on all the women in the uh, in the Monday Night Raw, saying it's going to be time for uh, everybody's going to get squashed by Nia Jax. You know. It's like uh, <laughs> uh, Miz and his pity party. But, uh, so anyways. Nia Jax comes there, and he's talk she's talked to all the girls, saying that, you hit me with your best shot. You hit me with your best shot. But I'm still standing. So she's, she's lying me with some of these great hits. Anyways, it comes down to uh, when it comes down to Raw, she's gonna do the squashing, and then uh, Miz comes back on. He's like, okay, no. She gives the microphone to Miz, just slamming it into his chest. Miz is like, oof, oof, and Miz is like, whoa, back to me. He's like, nope, this is the time. That's all the time we have. Now back to you, Wade Barrett. 
and KP. He's like, oh, 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 oh. So backstage, we got ourselves a little bit of the uh, Rhea Ripley. Uh, with uh, she's really mad at Adam Pierce for not having his handle on the uh, the situation in a women's division. How dare you have the women coming out there? You should have handled it. But this is Adam Pierce handling it as a new general manager. Apparently, a crown jewel. She will have not just a, she will not just have just any match. She's going to have a mega match. It's going to be a fatal five way where Shayna Baszler, where uh, actually Rhea Ripley will defend her title against Shayna Baszler, Raquel Rodriguez. Um, Nia Jax and Zoe Stark. A fatal five-way. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 So this can be an opportunity for uh, to showcase that uh, Rhea Ripley is the greatest out there. And right now, the greatest champion in uh, women's, uh, um, you know, history. Okay, moving on. And then after that, it's uh, the Indus Sheer. You know, uh, what's it? Jinder Mahal. Shanky, actually no, Virginia Mahal, Veer, and uh, Songa. Shanky's gone. They want a word with Adam Pierce. We're, we're practically going to be fired soon, so we got to do something to keep our jobs. Moving on. We go backstage about the tag division with the Alpha Academy. You know, obviously, um, Chad Gabla. He's uh, given up his quest for individual gold because he you know that ain't happening. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. Not for Chad Gable. So he's looking for a tag team match with his partner Otis. Yeah. So yeah. Chad Gable going back to the tag team division. Going for gold again with Otis and maybe uh, with Maxine Dupree there. Giving them, them some uh, good vibes. But then again, it's... Uh, What's that? The New Day! Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, Derp Dyer saying, What? what you, if, don't you need advice from people like us? Anyways, it came a little bit of hair, hectic a little bit. And then it's uh, a throwdown. So it's going to be like next week. It's going to be uh, The New Day. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods versus the Alpha Academy's Chad Gabler and uh, Otis. Moving on. Backstage again. It's Imperium together. And it's a Kadoos, some kudos. All around, you know, hey, you win the belt, you win the match. Very good. But uh, he's not happy with uh, Giovanni Vinci. But he says, hey, I help him win. That's what I do, I help him. But now it comes next week. Will be the fact that, uh, you know, Giovanni Vinci has to take out Johnny Gargano for Diddley. For sure. Now, when Jardy got next week, Jardy Gargano will have to leave on a stretcher next week. And he leaves up to, leaving this whole thing up to uh, Ludwig Kaiser. You will make sure it's done on you. And Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci, hey, we got a big thing. This is going to be a big one. This is going to be big. So with that, we go to our main event match. It is for the Unified Tag Team Championship. It is uh, the Judgment Days. Damien Priest and Finn Balor. Gain the rematch finally versus your reigning and defending champions, um, Cody Rhodes. Now, wrestling has yeah, this is huge. one royal um, family. Yeah, this is a big match with uh, you know, Cody Rhodes and uh, David Show. David, this is second uh, title uh, defense in like two shows. They had a title defense on uh, Friday Night Smackdown. So that's Cody Rhodes' music. You know, so it's big. So, yeah. 
We heard both music. It's all right. It's all right. I'll just drop the theme music. So this match here was about 14 minutes. 14 minutes, and this was a lot of fun. Now, they came together. Uh, the Judgment Day, they're just Finn Balor and uh, Demon Priest. No one backing them up. And no one backing up uh, Cody or Jey Uso, because who would? You know? So the match goes on. And this one thing was true. It was really strange. that It's a tag match. And truly enough, the tag ropes do not matter. The referee does not care, even though two people were using tag ropes, and that was one from each team. Finn Balor, surprisingly, he was using the tag ropes. Um, Jey Uso, not that surprising, he was using tag ropes. Who wasn't? Cody Rhodes. I figured, is Cody Rhodes going to use the tag ropes today? He grabs it all the time when he doesn't need it. He's grabbing it. But when he needs to use it, he just he's nowhere near it. And uh, Damien Priest used to give two shits about the tag rope. It's hilarious because uh, Cody Rhodes, he'd, no, he'd, two hands, so, Cody Rhodes, you, pfft. so weird, so weird. It's like kryptonite, the tag rope in Cody, now, it's only kryptonite when he's going to get the tag, but Cody Rhodes loves grabbing it, but when it matters most, he lets go of it, and the referee doesn't say anything. So this is one match that definitely says, definitely says that, you know what, ropes, tag ropes don't matter, you know, you can't just use it now and then when you feel like using it, I think they should take out the ropes altogether because uh, it's ridiculous. they got to color coordinate the ring. So then you got to be standing in the right color coordinated area to be uh, legally ready to tag. Mm -hmm. That's the only way it can be done. Because clearly, the WWE don't know tag ropes were shit. Anyways, in the match here, Dominic Mysterio, he ends up coming joining the team, helping up his team work. You know, a little distraction going on early. That did let to nothing though. The match carries on. You know, actually, uh, it's uh, Damien Priest. He falls victim to the crossroads. So, uh, this one time, first time that, uh, you know, the Judgment Day would have fallen to the Tag Team Champions. But it's uh, Dominic Mysterio. He pops in there. He puts his foot onto the ropes there. Damien's foot on the ropes. You know, referee didn't see it. Clearly, referee didn't see it. Because if he did see it, there would have been a disqualification there. So, yeah, the referee is really working hard not to see everything. So sad. So, sad. Cody Rhodes chases uh, Dominic Mysterio around the ring a couple of times, and then eventually, you know, Finn Balor knocks him down. Clobbering time. So, we go into the ring there. Later on, it's uh, Jey Uso with the Finn Balor picking him up in the shoulders there to do some sort of move. Finn Balor is raking the eyes. Referee's like, doesn't know what to do. So, he goes behind the two so he doesn't have to see it. So, if he doesn't have to see it, it's not really happening. So, it's so ridiculous. This referee's an idiot. He's a buffoon. But then, it doesn't really matter. You know, Finn Balor gets picked up by Jey Uso, and it's double team again. It's the uh, Cody one and done. You know, the Cody cutter, and they one and done. They do a new finishing move. It's so sad. And uh, Finn Balor actually kicks out of that one, kicks out of it himself. Now, after that, Cody Rhodes decides to take on himself to uh, Tope Suicida. Um, Damien Priest, who's outside the ring, he does that. Uh, Damien Priest ends up getting the South of Heaven chokeslam on the hardest part of the ring outside onto the uh, ring apron itself. Wacko! A good solid foot in the air. Got this solid, you know. So sad. And then here we go up to finishing sequence. It's, it, was, uh, it was weird. It was interesting. Because we got Damien Priest trying to climb into the ring there. The referee's like, Oh, what are you doing there, Damien Priest? You're the legal person. You're supposed to be fighting in this match. I'm going to talk to you a little bit. You said there's a recipe for a kanash you wanted to give me. And while that happens, Jey Uso is on a ropes there. And then Dominic Mysterio is grabbing a foot. Well, it really should be the other way around. Dominic Mysterio should be climbing, trying to climb into the ring there. You know, the referee's like, Hey, you're not even in the match! Get the hell out of here! While uh, Damien Priest would be grabbing the foot. 
But anyways, uh, Jey Uso kicks off Dominic Mysterio. Tries to go for the splash on Finn Balor. He gets nothing but feet. Nothing but the feet. Knees. Finn Balor brings the knees up. Tries to get the pin, but doesn't get it. Match goes on. You know, uh, Jey Uso tries to turn things around, you know. And uh, that's when uh, Dominic Mysterio decides to cheat again. He gets on a ring apron there. But it's, uh, I guess, uh, Sami Zayn comes to the ring there. Pulls off um, Dominic Mysterio. And then t takes him out, you know trucks him into the ring uh, steps and then Damien Priest comes down there and uh, wipes out uh, you know Sami Zayn into the ring post and then Cody Rhodes throws over Damien Priest into the crowd only for a short period of time that happened and then Cody Rhodes trying to go over his very first legal tag but that doesn't happen because he's get knocked off the ring apron by Finn Balor and then that's where it gets big you know outside the ring the referees making sure everything's okay in the ring there while outside there, Cody Rhodes getting busy, getting kicked in the nuts by Damien Priest. Oh, bad. And then he gets powerbombed through the commentating table. That's it for Cody Rhodes. Now, of course, uh, Jey Uso tries to even things up by Topa Suicida. He tries to take out Damien Priest, like I said. For the time being, he's out there. But it's Finn Balor. He tries to finish things off. He goes for a drop kick to the corner. Goes for a coup de gras, misses a coup de gras. You know, Jey Uso with a massive spear turns things around. Goes to the top rope for his splash. But it's uh, Damien Priest. He gets in the ring there again to distract everybody. And then he gets speared. Pooh! He puts down there. And then uh, Jey Uso goes for the uh, splash again. And then this is where his brother jumps in once again. Jimmy! With a kick to the face. Kicks Jey Uso. Once again for the second time in a row. Ruining it for Jey Uso. First time ruining it for him to get the world championship. Now to retain the tag team championships. After that, it's uh, Coup de Grasse. Finn Balor with a massive coup de grace on Jey Uso. One, two, three, it's over! And ruling, running uh, WWE again, it's the Judgment Day with holding all the belts that they can. Looking like champions, that's right. Judgment Day with a big victory. Mm -hmm. So that wraps it up for another week, another episode of Monday Night Raw. Well, for our uh, you know, podcast well, listeners, Stay tuned for another episode so on the I Show. I've been Nick Mason saying, early May. This just in. It's time for the wrestling show to take a look back at uh, the NXT. Uh, so, uh, let's go. One, two, one, two, three. Lip really loves wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling like he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. On the wrestling show, on the wrestling show, oh, oh, baby. <clears throat> well, Bo, welcome to our wrestling show. I'm your most pickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of, uh, 
representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, as usual. It's uh, the NXT, air dated October the 17th, 2023. Now, this episode is, of course, the road to a two week extravaganza. Extravaganza. It is Halloween Havoc. But before we dive into today's show, just a quick shout out to the non competitors. That's right. They are the glue that holds the buildings together. The horses that pull the old carriage. Okay. First and foremost, representing the uh, the man, the man who makes all the decisions, and whether if you uh, um, if your championships need to be stripped by me or not. He's not here today. Rarely there. But it's a uh, Sean Michaels. Of course, next. Um, Getting all the backstage scoops and all the pre-match interviews, they are the team of uh, Mackenzie Mitchell and Kelly Kincaid, and heading into the ring with their announcer. You're letting everybody know who's about to fight, and results of such matches, we got ourselves uh, Alicia Taylor, and last but certainly not least, it's the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I can even call them the narrators of the whole show. They're the team of, uh, now he's a two-time Hall of Famer. That's right, a two-time Hall of Famer. The man with the uh, checks and championships on his mind. No bread, no water, just meat. Ah, it's uh, Shucky Ducky, Quack Quack, Booker T. And then, of course, uh, backing up Booker T, it's uh, a, a top commentator in his own right. It's Vic Joseph. Vic Joseph. Now... Um, without any uh, further kadoos, let's uh, dive right into what happened in uh, the episode of the NXT. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Okay. So now we start with, uh, I guess, uh, you can call it the uh, uh, the Battle Royal to determine the number one competitor. Now, this is uh, not just any Battle Royal. This is called the... Um, the Bada Bing, Bada Boom, Battle Royal, I guess, uh, coined by uh, Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, a 10-man Battle Royal. Now, this one here, um, it was it was advertised a little bit differently. There's one team that's involved in this match that wasn't advertised earlier. So, what was, who's in it? Now, it's uh, the teams, now, how it works. There are 10 teams. And it's an overtop battle royal. So one person from the team's out, the other person's automatically out. Until the last two teams are in the ring there, and then they battle it out as a regular tag team match. That's how it is. And who's in it? Why? The ten teams. Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen, um, Bronco Nima, Lucian Price, Hank Walker, Tank Ledger, um, Duke Hudson, Andre Chase, uh, Mark Coffey, Wolfgang, Idris Inoufé, Malik Blade, Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo, Brutus Creed, Julius Creed. Now, here's the thing. There was supposed to be, Damon Kemp was supposed to be with uh, Miller uh, Bourne, something like that. And uh, Damon Kemp was supposed to be with, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Dempsey. You know? So, anyways, they're not. We got ourselves, uh, Damon Kemp, he's with Drew Gulak today. And uh, the other team, it is the Brawling Brutes. The Brawling Brutes are in there. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so right off the bat, right seconds in, literally seconds in, we got ourselves our first person getting tossed out of that very ring, and it is uh, Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp gets tossed out by uh, Josh Briggs. Now, watching this match is where the metaphor, usually watch the old uh, Toxic Lounge is usually at, you know? So this one, they turned into a, uh, an Italian diner with some uh, a spaghetti props. You know, they got some spaghetti there, some uh, um, purple liquid there. You know, one thing for sure, it is just props. I think, uh, you know, Dax was, uh, you know, Channing's was, was, was eating his spaghetti prop. And, uh, you know, Angela was like, hey, what are you doing? Don't eat that shit. That's just a prop. I'm not going to eat this garbage. Just spins it around a little bit. But anyways, they're just watching it, you know. They might just, well, they are kind of wearing costume. Anyway, Curtis. So they're watching what's happening. So like I say, Damon Kemp gets thrown out first. Second is Tank Ledger gets thrown out. Um, so by Bronco Nima. Hank Walker. You know, is there to watching. Um, now we got ourselves Josh Briggs. Actually, Brooks Jensen. He uh, he actually eliminates himself. He gets thrown out the ring there by, uh, you know, um, Mark Coffey. Wolfgang helps by pulling down the ropes there. And uh, out goes uh, Brooks Jensen. Josh Briggs like, no! I'm out too. That's okay. It's not like uh, Josh Briggs was uh, really ready to wrestle because he just wears like regular, like hiking sneakers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hiking shoes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's ready to go for a nice hike after this. You know, get his mind off things. Think about what his new look should be if he was a wrestler. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Anyways, uh, next down was. Uh, a double elimination with Ridge Holland showing his immense power and strength. He picks up both um, Idris Inofe and Malik Blade and tosses them both out like two sacks of potatoes. Toss them out the ring. I don't want no potatoes anymore. No potatoes for Ridge Holland. So, after that, we got ourselves uh, Mark Coffey. He gets uh, eliminated by Brutus Creed. So Wolfgang's automatically out. Automatically out. And then next up, we got ourselves a hilarious situation where it's we got ourselves a Mr. Reginald Scripps. Reginald Scripps comes out there and he decides to try to help out his team. You know, the uh, out the mud. Out the mud. Or out the mud. Or maybe it should be out the. Out the mud. You know, so he runs in the ring there, and it is uh, Bronco Nima and uh, what's that, uh, Lucian Price. They're battling out with the uh, what's that, uh, Rich Holland of the brawling brutes, brawling brutes, Rich and Butch. And then uh, it's what should have happened is because uh, it's obviously was uh, meant to happen this way. So what's that, uh, Reginald Scripps? He does a high cross. Oh, he should just flew right over everybody. It's hit the ground, but he knocked out. Not just, he, he done a jerk for his team. He knocked out both, you know, uh, original scripts. He knocked out the Brawling Brutes by himself. But unfortunately, he also knocked out his own team. Out the mud. Out the mud. Now, here's where it gets hilarious. Because now it's the uh, final uh, three teams in the ring there. And this is uh, ridiculous. Because there are three referees watching what's going on. Now that this happened, they're like all three referees have turned their back on the match itself and focusing on what's happening that's already happened outside the ring. All three of them. All three. So it's ridiculous. So what's happening in the ring doesn't really matter. 
Is there no referee watching? What's going on? And while that's happening, while that's happening, the chaos, we got ourselves a little bit of a, an elimination. It's uh, Humberto Carrillo. He gets back body dropped outside of the ring by uh, Julius Creed. That's right. But the referees are all, I mean, there are, there are four, there are four referees, four of them. And they all four of them had their backs turned. It was so ridiculous. I mean, do they need all four of them to make sure these, uh, no. Yeah, that was like, yep, yep. Okay. So anyways, um, the match should have been over, but it's not because nobody's seen it happen. Now I've seen the, the, the elimination of Humberto. So then the uh, Humberto and, uh, you know, Angel Garza with their, oh, their you can tell, they're, they're fresh. They're freshly, uh, you know, they got their new, uh, Temporary tattoos on in a new place and larger too. Larger, you've gotten larger. In new spots too. Great stuff. Anyways, um, so they run back in the ring there and it looks like Julius Creed and Bruce Creed's like, oh, let's move on. Let's let's get these guys. And then behind them, look out, brothers. Look out, brothers, because uh, they get thrown out, escorted out by the uh, Angel Cars on Humberto Carrillo. They throw them out in front of the referees. So the referees are like, oh, they turn around and like, hey, that's you guys. Hey, hey you guys are out. So yeah, this match was about five minutes. The uh, whole battle royal was five minutes. Now the actual match, the number one contenders match, it is Chase U, Duke Hudson, and Andre Chase versus the, uh, Humberto Carrillo and uh, Angel Garza. Now, of course, this, uh, we got ourselves two people on the sides here. Uh, you know, uh, Vic Joseph, not happy to see what's going on in here, about what's happened, how it all transpired. Uh, but uh, Booker T's like, win hooker by crook. So, uh, yeah, we got ourselves our commentators. We got one on one side, the other on the other side. Vic Joseph, uh, clearly, um, he's a, a Chase U, you know, advocate. So, anyways, it's Honor Chase versus, uh, you know, Humberto and Alberto. Humberto, <laughs> it's, it's Angel and Humberto. <laughs> anyways, uh, he eventually gets a hot tag out. He gets beaten up. He gets hot tag out to uh, Duke Hudson, who then clears house with both Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Now, the tags were clean. The ropes were used. It was good. But uh, really, when you start running in and out and start double teaming them without uh, just like, and it's not even, you didn't get the tag to do it. This ref, this match was out of control. The referee had no control, really. Really had no control. Um, now, we got a moment here where... Uh, which uh, Duke Hudson takes uh, Humberto with a massive corner Uranagi. This move's getting passed around to everybody. The corner Uranagi, owned by, uh, what's that, uh, Samoan Joe. Samoan Joe, I think he's the one who uh, made it famous. And he passes it on to uh, Big E, who now he's got a broken freaking neck, so he can't wrestle anymore. So it's passed down again, once again. Now it's, uh, you know, Duke Hudson with the corner Uranagi. But however, it's broken up by the brother, Angel Garza. And they fight on bare bit. Now, here we go. Our end sequence was the funny. It was really hilarious. Because it's the uh, the wrong Creed brothers. They come charging in at the last minute there. It's Bruce Creed. He jumps on the ring there. Now, this is while the uh, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo is going for a tension move. Yeah, one's going about to hit the ropes. So, Bruce Creed... Jumps on a ring apron there, gets the referee's attention. 
Angel, uh, it's uh, Humberto Carrillo. He hits those ropes there, but he gets uh, his foot captured by, uh, you know, Julius Creed pulled out of the ring, you know, and knocked out there. Turns around, and then uh, it's, of course, uh, what's that, uh, you know, um, Andre Chase. He was on top of the shoulders of, uh, you know, what's that, uh, Angel Garza. He did like a victory roll type thing. You know, some sort of victory roll type thing to get the victory. To get the victory. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So, it's like, uh, what's that? Uh, like a Frankensteiner. It was like a Frankensteiner style roll up. So, he's like a, like a Huracarana. Frankensteiner goes through the legs and then he gets a roll up on, uh, you know, Angel Garza. And that's it. Uh, Booker T was no so pleased, none so pleased about the outcome of the match. But it is, of course, going to be Chase U versus, uh, you know, the, the Angelo family at Halloween Havoc for the Tag Team Championship Gold. <laughs> and will Chase U finally get gold as a tag team? Anyways, moving on. Um, which is, of course, uh, we got in the ring there a little bit of a, a build-up to uh, Halloween Havoc. You know, it's a triple threat match. Um, actually, no, it's for not Halloween Havoc. It's for later on. It's the uh, main event. It's a triple threat match. It's uh, Carmelo Hayes goes out there and he talks about the good life he's had this, uh, you know, his past couple of weeks hanging out with John Cena and him back in his corner and The Undertaker hanging out with him too because he was around there. And then Baron Corbin comes out there and he's like, oh, complain, complain, complain. I'm Baron Corbin. Complain, complain. I'm like the Vikings funeral, you know, the burning ship. Burn it down, my career. Anyway, she didn't say any of that. But anyway, she was complaining about, uh, you know, the fact that uh, just because you're a wrestler, you cannot be a fan. You can't be a fan and a wrestler at the same time. Apparently, that's what Corbin thinks. So you want to be a fan, you get out there in, a, in the crowd there, you know. You fan away. Which is weird to say. Which is neither really safe, word for word. But anyways, we got Dijak comes out there and he uh, he plans on going to he plans he's planning on beating the both of them. They move on to become the number one contender for uh, the world championship, which is currently held by uh, Ilya Dragunov. And speaking of Ilya Dragunov, um, on the jumbotron himself, that's right, is Ilya Dragunov, and he's talking about like enough of the talk. It's time for the action! I'm Ilya Dragunov! And I speak like this! So yeah, Ilya Dragunov, he's laying down what's going on and he says, Yes, me and Cody Rhodes, we had a special to talk last week. He said, before he left, he said, well, one more decision, he said. He made one last thing. As a general manager of NXT. So what was the thing? That Cody Rhodes said, why? This next match will no longer be a triple threat match, but will be a fatal four-way match. That's right, but who will be number four in this match? Why, it's Mr. Trick Williams himself, baby. He shocked everybody, especially Carmelo Hayes. He's like, what? what, what? And of course, it's uh, Dijak and, uh, you know, Baron Corbin. Trying to make it sound like, oh yes, this is a backstabbing situation here. A backstabbing. <clears throat> so anyways, instead of turning the two on each other, they end up fighting as a team and taking out uh, Jack and Baron Corbin. I thought this was going to happen. 
I thought, will it be, end up being a, somehow being a tag team match in the future? But no, 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 no tag team match. It's just some build-up for the uh, triple threat tonight. And also solidifying the, what the knowledge between uh, the Carmelo trick game, trick Carmelo game, they're still a bond. They don't miss, baby. So yeah, they fight. And yeah, it's Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams take that ring as uh, buddies as they always were, you know? So now we go backstage. This is uh, a lot of women, the women of the breakout tournament, you know, uh, still in it or not. All the women there. And uh, it is uh, Fallon Henley giving them a good old pep talk, pep talk about the future, what in the future can possibly hold. And then we got ourselves our former champion, um, Tiffany Stratton, kind of talking down to, you know, uh, Thea to, uh, you know, Fallon Henley. So I can see this in the future here. It's going to be Tiffany Stratton versus uh, Fallon Henley. Tiffany Stratton, she's changing up her look again. Um, you know, I wonder what her ring gear is going to look her new style of ring gear. But uh, Tiffany Stratton's definitely taking a, a definitely looking, having a, a, a look going on, you know. Uh, anyways, what's it going to be? Because all I know is this. Uh, Tiffany Stratton, right now in her, in my mind, she's one of the greatest out there. She's, she's a great wrestler, period. Fresh, fearless. And in the ring, top skills, and she's a great luchador, great high flyer. What can you say more? But she's a former champion, soon to be champion, guaranteed. I, I think. I think she's going to be champion again. No diggity duty. No diggity doogity. And okay, now next up, we got ourselves a the women's breakout tournament round one, group B, which it is. Uh, of course, these are both new. Um, Carmen Petrovic versus the martial artist versus uh, Jada uh, Porter. No, Jada Parker, I should say. Jada Parker. That's right. Um, so here we go. This match was about a little under four minutes. You know, three minutes, 40 seconds. This was, uh, this is okay. This is a bunch of new people here, new girls wrestling. You know, not much experience at all. At least as far as I know. Uh, I don't think she did had much um, level up experience either. Um, like I say, it was a short match. It was a fun. It was a good match. It was fun. It wasn't terrible. It was okay. It was good. Um, now we got a moment here where we have a hurricanrana going on. It's uh, what's that? Um, Carmen gives uh, Jada um, a hurricanrana, and uh, Jada see, looks like Jada takes it on top of her head. She takes it. Oh, and she lands on top of her head. Looks pretty tough. Looks pretty tough. A tough one for Jada today. But uh, the end ending is this. Let's get that away. It's uh, um, Karma, Carmen. Now she uh, has martial arts experience behind her, like 20 years of martial arts experience. You know, and uh, as she goes up with her one of her moves is she does a, uh, I guess a, a spinning roundhouse kick, a low roundhouse kick, a ba like a basement roundhouse kick to the downed uh, um, Jada uh, Parker. After that, her finishing move, and what's her finishing move? It's like the code of silence. It's like a version of a code of silence by, uh, you know, um, Carmela, Carmela, her code of silence. So there's a version of that, uh, I would say, uh, or might be called Eat the Cheeks. Eat the Butt Cheeks, you know? Hey, I'm clever. Okay, moving on. So we got ourselves moving to the second round. It's going to be uh, Carmen uh, Petrovic versus Lola Weiss. In uh, the, I guess you can say, uh, the finals. This, or the semifinals. Quarterfinals. 
Okay, so next up is a women's division match again. It's uh, going to be uh, Tegan Knox versus uh, Lyra Valkyria. And backstage, we got ourselves Natalia. Natalia. She's toning up a bit. You can tell she's doing work at the gym a lot. You know, but uh, Natalia, you know, she's hitching her wagon to somebody else now. And it's Tegan Knox, you know. She wants to be the new mentor. She wants to be the new Dana Brooke, you know. To uh, Kelani, to Dana Brooke, to Kelani Jordan. <laughs> anyway, so it is uh, Natalia um, on a corner of, uh, you know, what's that? Uh, Tegan Knox. Now, what about this match? This match was about a uh, little over six minutes. little over a six minutes. And it was okay. This was all right. This was all right. This was uh, a lot of back and forth. You know, uh, uh, Lyra Valkyria. She has her, you know, she does, she, she used to do a uh, tope suicida, you know. She got injured, she doesn't do tope suicidas anymore. Uh, but she changed that to a, uh, a, a drop kick outside the ring and she stops herself from going outside the ring. Very safe. She does that today. No doubt about it. I mean, it's part of her everyday, every match thing. You know, she's going to find a way to drop kick you outside the ring. And you got to be close enough because she's not that tall. She's got to be close enough so she can hit you with that drop kick. Yeah, it was a complaint. I was complaining there. I complain a lot. I don't know if you know this, but I do. Okay. Now, in a ring there, we got ourselves an interesting situation. It's a confusing little bit. It is the yes kicks, the yes kicks, or the uh, the Miz kicks. I don't know. So the yes kicks by Lyra Valkyrie onto, uh, you know, um, Tegan Knox. Tegan's on her knees, and I don't know what's going on. It's like unsure what how many kicks are supposed to be in the sequence before uh, she's supposed to duck it or something. And Tegan gets kicked right on the forehead. Right on the forehead. She tried to duck it. I don't know. It seems like Tegan was uh, knocked a little bit uh, cuckoo for a little bit because she was uh, didn't seem like she got her head on her shoulders proper. You know, it was it was weird. It was kind of uh, kind of weird. But we got ourselves uh, Tegan Ox with a nice reversal. Now, it is a reversal to a uh, high cross body. So she grabs a high cross and she turns it into a follow slam. Beautiful maneuver. Looked pretty nice. Now, here goes a section a move here. A high-flying move by Tegan Knox. I'm thinking, hmm, I don't know. This, you know what? If it's done right by someone who's really, like, really good at it, it can look really easy. Any high-flying move can look really easy to do. But they're far from easy to do. Now this one here is, I believe it's the Molly Go Round. Molly Holly does a, a 360 front uh, Santon, 360 Santon, a sit down Santon. And this was, uh, you know, how to catch them, how to land on them, you know, it's just really confusing. It was a tough moment here for Lyra Valkyria because he got sat on big time by uh, Tegan Knox. By Tegan Knox, they take the fight outside the ring. Tegan Knox again, she goes and does a front bump on top of her. So this is going some real bad by for Lyra Valkyria. Now they take the match into the ring. And this is where things fall up. I don't know. Maybe this is setting up for the future. It is uh, your current women's tag team champions of the uh, Raw and SmackDown. It is uh, my personal favorite. Chelsea Green with their partner uh, Piper Niven. Who claimed to be the partner. Anyways. They come to the ring there to watch the match a little bit closely for some reason. And it's, uh, oh, Natalia doesn't like any bit of that. So she faces them down. And then Tegan Knox goes outside the ring, just forgets about the match and starts facing them down. And he realizes, wait a second, I got a match. We got a match. He runs back into the ring there. 
And they go for, they scuffle a little bit. Tika Nosh tried to get a roll-up win, but she doesn't get it. They scuffle a little bit more, and uh, Lyra Valkyrie gets her finishing move. The old, uh, I guess, the hook kick, the spin kick, spinning heel kick to the head of uh, Tika Nox. Now, here's a moment. <laughs> I guess uh, Lyra Valkyrie, she's having second thoughts about that damn splash off the top rope. Because last splash she's done, uh, it looked like Gunther's off the top. Go! Just no, no grace at all. Just like, oh, like this was a mistake. <laughs> so after that big spinning heel kick, she got up and looked like she was looking at the corner there. Like, should I? No, no, I better not. So yeah, uh, Lara Valkyria with the second thoughts, but she still she climbs on top of uh, Tegan Knox with the big victory, with the big V victory. That's right. And then after the match, we cut ourselves. Now Tegan Knox and uh, Natalia are so peeved off, they go and attack, you know, uh, your tag team champions. Uh, Chelsea Green and her partner, uh, Piper Niven, and they fight to the back. But then it comes down to this. It's uh, a message. Lyra Valkyrie with a message to uh, your current NXT champion. That's right. It's uh, uh, Becky Lynch. So it's basically it's just going to be, they're just building up for, uh, you know, Halloween Havoc. It's going to be good, going to be fun. Will there be a new champion? Will Lyra Valkyria beat her idol? Lyra Valkyria is talking about she wanted to be the first Irish-born to, uh, to be the champion. But is Becky Lynch stomping on her dreams? Like she's stomping on a lot of the women's dreams in the uh, NXT. Because her being a champion, meaning an NXT um, woman of the NXT is not a champion. You know, it's a shame, shame. Anyways, regardless, it'd be good to see Lyra Valkyria win the gold, but uh, I don't know, her wrestling abilities is, is good. If she's on mode, you know, if she becomes fearless, but, you know, it's tough. It's tough. But she's got the pill, pill gil, it, she's got the bills, the skills to pay the bills, and the bills to pay the skills. Something like that. Anyways, moving on. We go backstage, and it's a little bit of a Carmelo Hayes um, with the... Uh, Trick Williams. It's a little bit upset. Like a little bit talking about what's going on, what just happened. You know, we still the Trick Mellow game. You know, uh, Trick said he maybe could have uh, handled things differently. Maybe he could have told him or something like that. But hey, you know what? He had the ear of John Cena. And John Cena likes to poke and prod. Poke and prod. So anyways, they, they uh, end up with, uh, it's a smile on their face. Like, yes, mm -hmm. We're good. We're trick middle game. We're okay. Are they really, though? Are they really? Next up, we got ourselves the uh, the most curvaceous woman in the NXT. The I call her the sexiest woman of the NXT. Uh, she is uh, a Gigi Dolan. And she's got something coming up with, uh, you know, uh, Blair Davenport. Their feud is not over. So they got a wheel, a convenient wheel backstage. And now it's time for, uh, to pick what match it's going to be. The stipulation of this uh, match between uh, Gigi Dolan and uh, Blair Davenport. And we have ourselves, no! The worst possible match for fans of Gigi Dolan. It is a lights out match. Well, we all know it's not going to be completely lights out. You know, we're going to have some light, probably, probably some black lights, you know. And they can wear some fancy clothes and it would be like vibrant. It would be like some sort of crazy, great fashion show. Like, oh, GD looks amazing. Just like a soap. 
But anyways, we'll find out out later what exactly it means. A light up, lights out match. I mean, we've seen it before, and it uh, means different things. Regardless, let's move on. And we got ourselves a backstage segment. Is um, what's that? Uh, Vaughn Wagner in rehab after getting his head smashed in with the the steel steps. Mm -hmm. He's seeing if he's got his motor skills. He's like pulling on these uh, you know wires and bands and shit like that. Robert Stone's like, you can do it. Give him some, um, I guess, uh, moral support for the time being. Robert Stone. And then we go to, from that, we go to the, uh, what's that, uh, our next match? Another women's division match. This is heavy on a women's division. You know, this one here is uh, a Kiana James trying to get uh, her beat, uh, her uh, revenge on a Shotzi. Now, Kiana James, she wanted to get a cheap shot on uh, Roxanne Perez, but Shotzi, Shotzi uh, you know, made sure that didn't happen by attacking Kiana James. Now it's Kiana James wants to get revenge, and this is the match. And this was about a nine minutes long. Nine minutes long. And it was, uh, it was, it was pretty good. You know, uh, not match at night, though, but it was pretty good. Pretty good. Now, here's what happened. There's a lot of back and forth, clearly, a lot of back and forth. Uh, Shotzi, she brings it. She had her pure, uh, her ring gear, of course. Uh, she always has next level ring gear. She looked pretty damn good. Pretty good, her ring gear, you know? Anyways, so what about the match? Um, now, Shotzi, she brings out a new move. I don't know how, how many, how, if it's going to stick around because it looks pretty dangerous. She has uh, her opponent hanging across the rope, second ropes there, um, hanging towards the outside. And she has her in a uh, headlock, and she drops off the ring apron. And it pretty much just nails Canada uh, James' head right to the, uh, the corner of the ring. The, uh, the apron there looked pretty bad. It could have been bad, or maybe it could have been completely safe. But anyways, it looked pretty devastating. looked pretty devastating. So did it do the job? Yes. Okay. After that, Shotzi showing off her tope suicida skills. I mean, she hasn't been doing it much, so she's got a little bit. She does one through the first and second rope, nailing Keanu James. Now, here's where things turn around. Um, and the match goes on. Keanu James turns to turn things around and on her own, uh, you know. Um, so here's where things go. She goes, uh, Roxanne Perez shows up in the ring area. She grabs her, uh, her uh, clutch, not a clutch, her... Uh, handbag not a handbag but her purse grabs her purse um um her, her over the shoulder purse her shoulder handbag or uh, you know regardless whatever it's called this gigantic bag she brings to the ring and then she grabs it and she opens it up and finds out there's a brick a brick right in it that's right and you can't have this brick no 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 but ends up uh can james grabs her purse without the brick brickless of course and uh, here's where it gets weird. Um, they turn around. Canada James manages to hide it from the ref, which is good. Where uh, referee turns to uh, Roxanne Perez and starts arguing with her. Hey, I heard you got a good recipe for apple cider. Uh, really? I got a rip. Yes, you wouldn't believe I put a pinch of uh, nutmeg and salt. So while they're going through what, whether it's nutmeg or salt or both, um, with Shotzi grabs that uh, briefcase type thing, that bag, that gigantic leather satchel, and bashes it on Canon James' face. 
and then gives it to Canada James and falls down on the ground like Eddie Guerrero would do with the with the uh, you know with a foreign weapon. Like oh, and then the referee's like you you disqualified. But uh, referee turns around and sees what's going on. Oh, what's going on? You can't have that clutch. You can't have that bag. He grabs it off her and said, "That's it. I'm gonna give this away. I'm not gonna disqualify you. I'm just gonna get rid of this bag." And then Canada James tries to end it by running into uh. Rocks into what's that, uh, Shotzi? But instead, she's doing her perfect Otis impersonation, running herself right into the post. Shotzi then taking over with a massive Santon bomb off the top rope, squashing Kiana James, and it is over for her. Now, next up, we go backstage, and it's with, uh, I guess, uh, Mackenzie Mitchell. She's talking to uh, Oro Menza and Lash Legend. And they're giving, I guess they just got the bad news. On the phone, it's uh, Noam Dar. And apparently he's at the hospital with uh, uh, Jakira Jackson. And apparently she is injured. And apparently she lost an arm. According to Noam Dar. Can you save the arm? I don't know if he's lost or not, but it's ridiculous. Anyway, so she can't fight in the tournament tonight. So, you know, what's going to happen? But anyways, we got ourselves a little bit of Akira Tazawa shows up with a dumb face look on his face. Hey, hey, have you seen, uh, do you know where Noam Dar is? I'm looking for Noam Dar. Look for Noam Dar. Can you tell him I'm looking for him? Like, nope. And they're like, oh, I heard who's talking on the thing. Is there someone with you? Noam Dar is hearing. He's like, oh, nope, there's, that's nobody. That's just nobody. Anyways, uh, and then we go, we get some special news. It's uh, Kelly Kincaid. Actually, as we find out that, uh, actually find out that Mackenzie Mitchell say, wait, we got some really breaking news. They go to the side there and it's Trick Williams. He's been taken out, taken out. By whom, who knows? Was it Trick Williams? Was it Dijak? Street justice, was he getting street justice here? Was it, uh, where did uh, Baron Corbin burn down the ship? But anyways, we find out by Kelly Kincaid that uh, Trick Williams, just like uh, Jakira Jackson, was taken to the hospital. So this, uh, I guess, fatal four-way is now down to a triple threat match. A triple threat match. Now with that, we go backstage again with, uh, what's that, uh, Mackenzie Mitchell with uh, Dominic Mysterio on his thoughts about uh, Nathan Fraser. Nathan Fraser. And he's like, oh, I, don't, who's, Nathan, I don't even know who Nathan Fraser is until the other day. Like, who's Nathan Fraser? And Nathan's like, so angry. He comes in there and he uh, he shoves Dominic Mysterio. This is backstage in the uh, the lunch area. You know, the cafeteria of the NXT Performance Center. So they, from right there, all everybody's like chilling, having some jello and whatnot. And they're like, oh, you can't have that over down here. And they fight. And, uh, well, they have a start scrubbing. They start scruffing around. And this takes them right to the ring. Right to the ring. Where uh, Nathan Fraser drops uh, Dominic Mysterio. He goes to the top rope. He's going to give him like some sort of Phoenix Splash. Just, just end it for Dominic Mysterio. But we cut ourselves Mama Ria. Mama Ria. Shaves the day again. My, my. Thank you very much, girl. That's right. Mama Ria comes in saves the day. Wonderful for Dominic Mysterio to have such a help. Now, speak of that, we have ourselves a little backstage thing, Shotzi with Roxanne Perez. <clears throat> yeah, doing some little chat, chitter chatter about uh, what's going on with uh, 
because Roxanne Perez, she's got a match with Kiana James and she spins the wheel. She makes the deal. What it is is going to be. What it is. Personally, it's going to be a Devil's Playground match. Devil's Playground match. What does that even mean? Could it be like a, uh, what's that, uh, a pub match? Could it mean like a Vikings rule match or a pub rule match, Viking rules match, no rules at all match, or no holes barred match? Who knows? But you know one thing for sure, there'll be no disqualification going on there. Whether there's uh, pins fall anywhere, that's another story. That's another story. That's another story. Moving on. A match is uh, in the women's first round bracket tournament. Uh, first round tournament. Uh, the women's uh, breakout tournament. Bracket A at this time. It is uh, now Ariana Grace. She thought she's got a bye because, you know, uh, Jakira uh, Jackson um, was not, uh, you know, she was injured. She can't fight. So she thought she got, she got a, see, she thought she got a bye. Got to go right through to the finals, you know, the semifinals. But however, we got herself someone new. It's uh, um, Brinley Reese. Brinley Reese takes her place now. Brinley, she's uh, looks like she's got the same color scheme as uh, my favorite <laughs> injured right now. So injured, Sol Ruka. Except Sol's got much more height. Very tall. Anyways, how about this match? This match was fun. This match was good. Um, very fresh wrestlers there still, you know. Uh, what's that? Uh, Brinley with some serious strength. It's not just scoop slam, it's scoop power slam. Just like walks around a bit, just with a pair of super power slam. And then, of course, now there's only one other woman that does this. Actually, one other wrestler that does this move. It is Charlotte Flair. Charlotte does it uh, a little bit differently. But all in all, it's the same thing. It's a uh, walkover. It's a walkover clothesline. Uh, really does more of a uh, lariat walkover lariat I still think the buckshot would be just chef kiss French kiss so we move on now we got to ourselves a cheat here um, it's at uh, Brinley picks up Ariana on her shoulders for a uh, fireman's carry to do some sort of moves maybe some sort of death valley driver but then Brinley uh, she gets her eyes, or well, her face, tired. looks like she, um, Ariana's hands just going inside her mouth and her nose, trying to like, <laughs> it's hilarious. But the referee's right there, you can see everything. You can see everything. But the, I guess, uh, Vic Joseph, he's like, oh, the ref can't see a thing! It's like, really, Vic? Really? I think he saw everything. Because he's like grabbing on the face and no, I don't know. It's just weird. After that move, it's the finisher. It's the finisher. What's the finisher? Why it's, uh, it's like, it's like a judo takedown. It's like a judo flip takedown. That's basically what it was. Um, she takes uh, your back. She goes back to back. She gives you like a, uh, um, I guess, headlock from behind. And she pulls you over her back, back to back, and you flip on your belly. And then that's the finishing move. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, a throw. It's a th judo throw. Judo throw! I think it's a judo throw. Anyways, moving on, it's, uh, you know, Ariana Grace. So it's going to be Ariana Grace versus uh, Kalani Jordan, and it's going to be uh, um, Carmen uh, Petrovic versus Lola Vice. And I think I'm going to, I think I predict the, the finals will be Ariana Grace versus Lola Vice. That's my prediction, baby. I could be wrong, but I could be right. Okay, next up, we got ourselves backstage as Mackenzie Mitchell with Braun Breaker. 
about uh, Von Wagner. No, he's he's she's suffering a lot. He's like, I don't care about him. I don't care about him. It's like, oh, you cold-hearted son of a bitch, you know. So we got ourselves Robert Stone. He's very angry. He's out there, and he's so piping mad that he doesn't care. He's so mad he challenges Braun Breaker at Halloween Havoc. That's right. Um, Robert Stone. He hasn't seen a wrestling ring. He hasn't seen a wrestling ring since the Impact days, baby. You know, the bromance. You thought the bromance was over, but it's basically continuing. So moving on to our main event match. It is a, a, a triple threat match. It's a Braun, Baron Corbin versus currently in the ring, Carmelo Hayes. You think, oh boy, that might be a bad thing. But uh, here's the thing. Braun, Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin was introduced first. And then Carmelo Hayes introduced second. And then Dijak, who was introduced, he just, he, his music was played and he, uh, he walked to the ring while his name was being uh, called out. So... This match was about 12 and a half minutes. This was uh, a good match. Um, perhaps match of the night. It was very exciting. Very good. Um, Dijak with a massive South of Heaven choke slam on Carmelo Hayes very early on the match. He gets up there because uh, Dijak is a very tall guy. He's a big man. He gets uh, Carmelo Hayes right up there with a choke slam. It is beautiful. Um, now, what gets me... Um, now... Carmelo Hayes had his move too. It was hilarious. He does. It's uh, Dijak and Corbin staying face to face. And then, uh, you know, Carmelo jumps on the ropes, does a back, does his hand, does a, uh, you know, slingshot, jumps off the ropes, and he grabs them both. And he eventually gets them both on the double DDT. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. But we got some vicious moments where Dijak is using, uh, what's that, Carmelo Hayes as a uh, human projectile. He picks him up as a suplex and then throws him onto, uh, you know, Baron Corbin. Now, Baron Corbin shocked me. I was shocked. I've never seen such an athletic move from Baron Corbin in all his career. In all his career, I've never seen such a move. Never seen such a move. Never been such impressed by Baron Corbin by this. Now, this one, uh, Baron Corbin and Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes was standing in the middle of the ring. He, well, he was charging him. Now, Corbin was at the corner. Carmelo Hayes charges in. He gets uh, hit with double knees. He gets... He gets distance. He's now in the center ring. Baron Corbin, he's on the corner. He springs off the center, the middle ring, the middle uh, pad, turnbuckle pad, and bounces right to the middle of the ring, to the middle of the ring. I couldn't, I like, wow. I couldn't believe Baron Corbin was flying through the air. This was top-notch fly, high flying. I couldn't believe it. Baron Corbin had it in him to do it. Shocked. Shocked. I thought Baron Corbin was going to win this match. I thought he was going to win it until uh, he gets to, uh, you know, Ilya Dragunov, where you're going to get murdered. Anyways, so outside the ring, proving that these uh, new uh, padding on top of the uh, concrete floor is really effective. Um, with the massive, with, looks like a Death Valley driver, massive release Death Valley driver. Um, Carmelo Hayes gets just walloped by Baron Corbin. Now inside the ring, we got ourselves a big moment. Or big, uh, of course, we have, when you have more than one person, more than two people in the ring there, you got to have the, uh, you know, Tower of Doom. And it's, of course, it's two big men on top. You know, it's second rope, is Spear and Corbin. He's trying to give uh, uh, Dijek a uh, German suplex off the second rope. And then it's, uh, you know, Carmelo Hayes with the powerbomb and finishes off the uh, Tower of Doom. Mm -hmm. Now, the end sequence was this. Here's the end sequence. It's Carmelo Hayes and... Uh, 
you know, Baron Corbin pair off. They're fighting. Um, what's that? Uh, Carmelo Hayes gets dumped outside the ring there. And then uh, he gets, he, he's going to do a springboard back in the ring, but he gets met with a fist. He drops onto the ring there. He drops outside the ring there. You think it's over for Carmelo Hayes just for the time being? Inside the ring, it's Dijak and Corbin. They go at it. Dijak ends up getting Corbin into the uh, uh, feast your eyes, you know, the knockout blow, you know. But then Corbin, he lands on his feet, doesn't get knocked out, and he gets uh, Dijak into the uh, end of days. What's that? Uh, flatliner, the end of days flatliner. Just squashes him. But then, as soon as he tries to get up to go for the pin, it, he gets hit by the uh, nothing but net by Carmelo Hayes. He's up and nothing but net, baby. Hits Baron Corbin. Baron rolls outside the ring there, getting a pin on top of Dijak, going on to Halloween Havoc for a rematch for the title. And uh, it would be great to see Carmelo Hayes be the champion for a, a long-term champion in the NXT. But uh, yeah, Carmelo Hayes, one day, we're going to see Camilo Hayes versus Trick Williams for the World Championship match. But as for now, Camilo Hayes with the big victory. And before we leave the show, we got ourselves a little bit of a uh, Lyra Valkyria with the last, uh, I guess, the last words maybe to, uh, you know, Becky Lynch. She's uh, basically, uh, she wants to be, this title is mine. Next week, this title is mine, she says. She proclaims the title of hers. And then we got ourselves in the back. The monitor that she was watching the, uh, I guess she, she was watching the show, comes up, Jade Cargill. Nothing like Cargill beef. American beef. So she's out there and she's looking at her watch, thinking, hmm, I was supposed to be uh, having a promo about now. I don't see anybody here. No one's interviewing me. So yeah, it's like that weird but Jade Cargill look at her time maybe it's her time's coming up your time is up my time is now so anyways that wraps it up for this week's episode of the NXT so if you're the podcast listeners uh, stay tuned for after this break we'll be having some uh, Smackdown but for our YouTube we uh this is it for this episode you know I've been your host Lip Hazelwood saying see you next time on All Wrestling Show This just in. Some more WWE action. So, uh, let's go. One, two. One, two, three. Lip really loves wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling like he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. Baby! Wellbo. Wellbo. Welcome to The Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very uh, cynical look back at the latest episode of uh, 
representing the WWE and live from the Frostbank Center in San Antonio, Texas. Oh yeah, it's Friday Night Smackdown. Air date, October the 20th, 2023. This episode is the road to the money show. That's right, it's Crown Jewel. The money for the WWE, of course. Now, before we dive into this big show, just a quick shout out to the non-competitors. That's right. They are the uh, the glue that holds the building together. And first and foremost, he is the new general manager of SmackDown. It's Mr. Mickey James, Nick Aldis. Next, getting all the... I guess uh, pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops. We got ourselves uh, Miss, uh, what's that, uh, Kathy Kelly tonight. And then heading into the ring, letting everybody know who's about to fight. It's, uh, and, and results of such matches, it's Alicia Taylor. Some, a change-up again. And most importantly, it's the commentary crew. The play-by-play guys, um, they're the narrators of the whole damn show. First of all, they are the team, a three-man team this time. A three-man team. First, he is a man with uh, the impeccable style. He is the incredibly handsome. He is also the most reliable man there. It's Corey Graves. Next, of course, uh, next to Corey, it's uh, Corey refers to him as uh, a KP, but we all know him as the very enthusiastic Kevin Patrick. And next to them both, it is uh, he's not really necessarily important to be there. I think uh, three people is just uh, too many people in commentary. Regardless of what I'm saying, he is the over 25 years of experience. It's Michael Cole, baby. Now, without any further kadoos, let's get on with the show. Le show. We start big with, with uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Paul Heyman, the wise man himself. Now, one thing to say, you know, the champions who's not there. Who's not there today? Why, it's the, I guess you can say, uh, Judgment Day. They're not there. Um, now, Judgment Day, they are the new uh, tag team champions, so they, they should be on uh, SmackDown, but they're not. SmackDown today is very small show. Very, very small show. Three, three matches on tonight's show. Wow. Not very impressive. So, yeah, Roman Reigns also. Big surprise. He's not there. You know, he's got to have at least two weeks' notice before he shows up to work. It's ridiculous. This man should not be the, ta- uh, the world champion right now. N- nope, nope. Um, very undeserving. I, yeah, it might be controversial to say, but I believe Roman Reigns is not deserving of that title. You know, his title reign should have ended in 2022. You know, early 2022. Regardless... We start off the match with uh, the wise man himself. He's, uh, of course, he's talking about the good fight with the bloodline. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, it's basically giving some kadoos to uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy. Uh, because Jimmy Uso helped out the bloodline save face by uh, screwing over his brother again. Jimmy has no idea where he's going. Uh, I hate you, Roman Reigns. What? You don't like me either? I'm kicked out of the bloodline? I changed my mind! I made a mistake! Jimmy! So he's doing whatever it takes to get back into the bloodline. 
after kicking Roman Reigns in the face a couple of times. I'm better than you! <laughs> Come on now. Okay, so anyways. Let's get back to storyline. So he basically screwed over his brother Jay Uso and they dropped the tag team titles to the, uh, you know, the Judgment Day. So anyways, he's talking about that. And uh, basically it comes down to this. At Crown Jewel, Roman Reigns accepted. There's going to be a match Roman Reigns uh, and uh, I guess you can say LA Knight. Not you guess you can say he is LA Knight. Um, so anyways, LA Knight comes out there and... Uh, it's, he calls out, it, it was weird, but LA Knight had, he had, he had a good showing here, he had a good showing, but LA Knight, he, he really didn't want to talk to Paul Heyman, he wanted to talk to Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns is not there today. He, he said, he excused Paul Heyman from the ring, he excused Paul Heyman from the ring, and uh, well, when Paul Heyman started leaving, he's like, where do you think you're going? Um, so anyways, it comes down to uh, what's happening next week. Will Roman Reigns be there next week? He's not advertised after the show that he's going to be there next week. For the contract signing for two weeks' time will be um, the big show, you know, where they're going to be defending. Anyways, it's uh, right now uh, Crown Jewel coming in two weeks. So, yeah. So, it's going to be good. Roman Reigns versus uh, LA Knight, Crown Jewel. It'll be good to see finally Roman Reigns drop that title. You know, but uh, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling Roman Reigns will not be dropping the title at Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel just, to me, is not important enough of a pay-per-view to have such a big, uh, you know, occasion to drop a title of such magnitude. Regardless of what I think, who knows what will happen. And will the contract sign even go up properly next week? We'll find out on the next episode anyways. But anyways, right now, we got ourselves our very first match of the night. It is in a singles competitive division. Representing the Luftwaffe, I call them Luftwaffe because I'm an ass. They are the Latino World Order, representing it's Santos Escobar. And backing him up, it's uh, the rest of Legado del Fantasma. This is the OG team. Santos Escobar with uh, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild. Joaquin Wild. And Joaquin, he loves those little hats. He loves his uh, uh, chapeaus. He loves his chapeaus. You know, he's got one. I think he raided uh, good old J.C. Jane's locker for some uh, new chapeaus, for some new hats. Anyway, regardless, not about, uh, you know, Cruz del Toro or Joaquin Wilde. I thought they were gone from uh, the WWE, but I'm mistaken. They're here and they're watching, in quotes, watching Santos Exports. But I know who's Santos fighting. It is the team of uh, the, no, it's <laughs> the Street Profits. That's right. Andrew Dawkins, it's actually Montez Ford. Uh, Andrew Dawkins is at his corner. Now, before the match, it was uh, Bobby Lashley with a couple of words of advice or whatnot. It doesn't matter. He's not there. He's watching backstage, seeing what happens with his uh, private party. Embarrass him one more time and lose. Or will, uh, what's that? Uh, the street profits prevail over, or just uh, Andrew Montez Ford. Representing the Street Profits, not embarrassed, you know, Bobby Lashley in this big old match. Now, here's the thing. Now, it was pretty good match. It was fun. It was a fun match, no doubt about it. Uh, Montez Ford, he wasn't his usual self. Montez Ford is usually the king of high flying, but uh, looks like he's grounding himself. Not many uh, high flying moves. He's very doing a, I guess, uh, safe, safer style of wrestling. But he does one move. 
It's, uh, I guess, Carmelo Hayes. He's, uh, I guess, he's got a new style. He does these trust falls style moves where he uh, bounces off the rings. He does a, a springboard. He springboards backwards. This is basically the same thing. He follows the suit. It's a, a trust fall style. He goes on the second ropes. He jumps backwards. And he grabs uh, Montez, or grabs uh, Santon, <laughs> Santon, Santos Escobar. It looks like it could be a uh, bulldog. But it takes a lot of uh, teamwork to make this happen, to make this dream work. <laughs> Anyways. Now, do we have a moment here? There's a big moment, I guess the spot of the match, where they climb to the top of the ropes, third rope. Um, they're both standing on top there. Santos Espar grabs uh, Montez Ford, looks him straight in the eyes, and then does the Hurricanrana right off the top. It's pretty good. Pretty good move. But here's where things go upside down. Now, this is where a disqualification should have happened right here because of, uh, you know what, of uh, the standards they set that the WWE don't follow by. Now, they should have had the referee turn his back so he did not see... Angelo Dawkins pull out Montez Ford. But as soon as Angelo Dawkins gets touched by Montez Ford, or Angelo Dawkins touched Montez Ford, that match is over. Disqualification. Outside interference. But this referee, he sucks. Straight up. Um, now, what's that? In this match here, let me see, check here again. I don't know. In this match here, after that, of course, they take the fight outside, and Mont and Santos has a part. He does one of the lamest moves I've ever seen. This was not even laughable. It was just lame. He uh, he spring he slingshots himself up and over top of the ropes outside the ring to do it like a double axe handle on uh, you know Montez Ford. But he landed so far away. It's like, the big reach. He's like slapping <laughs> slapping him on the arm. It's like, what are you doing, sucker? What are you doing, sucker? You know, anyways, this sparks the end of the match, uh, the end sequences. Santos throws back in uh, Montez Ford. The referee takes a look at him, you know, makes sure that uh, Montez is okay. That slap in the arm, it might have hurt him good. Are you okay? Are you okay, brother? What's going on? Uh, oh, uh, that looked pretty dangerous. That referee's terrible. Anyways, from behind and on front of the faces of Cruz del Toro rocking wild, it's uh, Angelo Dawkins. He grabs Santos Espar, rams him face first into the post, just like so. And then, oh, the, the, the duo, <laughs> this, uh, Cruz and Joaquim, they jump into action. Joaquim runs up and runs head first into the uh, barricade that yeah, that's separating the uh, timekeeper's area. And then uh, Cruz del Toro decides, Oh, I'm going in too! And he jumps into the fray. And next you know what? He gets run headfirst into the uh, steel steps. It's over for them. Just as fast as they jump into the fray, they're taken out by one guy. One guy. And then Santos Escobar is like, Well, you guys can't take care of shit. I'm going to do it myself. He comes down there. And big old Fliney takes out Angel Dawkins. If you can't get help, people doing it for yourself. You know, you got to do it yourself. You know, sometimes you just got to do it yourself. That's what I got to say. So with that, he crawls back into the ring there. And that's where it gets hilarious. With a uh, maestro roll, maestro, maestro roll up, I believe it's called. You know, uh, he does a roll up on, uh, you know, uh, Santos Espoir gets rolled up. Yeah, it's pretty uh, maestro cradle. 
So yeah, it is of course, like I say, whoever loses with a roll-up, basically it's the most humiliating way to lose, lose match. So they're basically taking the old, uh, you know, taking it in the rear. Yeah, Santos Escobar, how embarrassing, how embarrassing. Anyways, moving on. They try to get a beat down. You know, it's uh, trying to get two on one on uh, Santos Escobar, but it's uh, Carito. He runs in and helps out because, of course, what can Cruz del Toro and uh, Joaquin Wild do anyways? They're pretty useless now. They truly are. They become, they have truly become the new Lucha House Party. That's right. Sad, sad day for Cruz and Joaquin. You know? So we go backstage with the, the Luftwaffe, Latino World Order. And it's, uh, you know, Santos with the boys, you know, the Legado del Fantasma. You know, Santos and Cruz and Joaquin. And then it's, uh, Oh, Rey Mysterio with uh, Zelina Vega. Go over there and see Cruz and uh, Rey's like, Oh, uh, thank you, Santos Escobar, for helping, helping him out because these two are useless. He didn't say that, but he could have said it. Okay, so moving on. We got ourselves, what does Pretty Deadly do after winning their um, return match in the WWE? And it was such an, a, a larf, a lark of a match. It was it was nasty. It was a terrible match. A lot of can touch, a lot of spots, but it was it was a bad match. Anyways, they're getting their uh, getting pedicures, getting their feet soaked until, of course, it's the brawling brutes of, uh, you know, Ridge Holland and uh, and a butch coming in there, giving them the beats of the baller. Beat, oh, we're gonna get you, and then stuff their faces in the, uh, you know, the feet water. It was hilarious. So, yep, this uh, feud's not over yet. It's great that there's no belt involved. So who knows? It's just, right now, it's personal. Um, I guess brawling brutes just don't like being uh, stepped on and stepped over by the uh, Pretty Deadly, which, when they fight again, I'm sure brawling brutes would be stepped on and stepped over again by Pretty Deadly. Alton Prince, Kit Wilson. Moving up. We go backstage and it's with, uh, I guess, uh, Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa. And uh, we got ourselves a little bit of, uh, you know who, it's uh, Donald Faison. No, it's actually uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. You know, doing his best. Uh, he watched too much of uh, the, uh, you know, Scrubs. Now he's like, new Faison. Or should I say, yeah, Turk. He's big Turk. He's up, instead of a, a surgeon, he's a, a wrestler. So he's all like doing all, all hyping up, all happy about what he's done. Hey, do you see that? I did good. I kicked my brother in the face one more time. My brother's an idiot. Oh. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Okay. So that was that segment done. Now that we go to the ring there. Oh my goodness. Here we hear dum, 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 dum. His music hits. Let those whistles go! John Cena hits us ring there. John Cena's full of pippin, pissing vinegar out there, pumping up the crowd. Pump, pump the crowd up, pump him up. So he's out there getting all like, you know, 
And then he's got some some truths, some hard hitting home run truths there for everybody to hear. You know, some might uh, have it hard to listen to, but you know what? Um, he's got some things. Like he's talked about the the reign Roman Reigns has had as champion, well over a thousand days as champion, and he says, you know, we have something in common. It's been over. It's been two thousand and two days since John Cena has had a singles match in live so basically he's been uh, he's not been wrestling in a singles match on a regular TV since before Roman Reigns was champion that's a long time a long long time and he's talked about contemplating retirement going to the acting career for sure maybe he's got a he nailed down a part in Barbie too you know Maybe his pot's going to be like maybe three seconds. Three seconds in Barbie 2. I think it's worth it to retire for that. Anyway, so the crowd's like, Thank you, Cena. <laughs> sick like, Why, thank you. I really appreciate that. I needed it. Because if you wouldn't have said that, it would have ruined this entire segment. He didn't say that, but he did appreciate it. Anyways, he's not retiring at all. In fact, uh, he's fired up. He ready. He wants to go some more, I guess. You know? So then uh, he says, "It's not a like base. It's not an open challenge. He didn't have an open challenge. He says anybody who dares to come down here is going to get their ass walloped. Who walloped by a me, a John Cena? Who will well, put him up by the Dukes? He didn't do that, but uh, he did say, who anybody comes down the ring will get uh, their butt handed them. And who comes down the ring there? But it's Solo Sokoa. Solo Sokoa comes down to the ring. He wants some. Come get some." Does uh, Soul Score have enough ruthless aggression? <laughs> so, anyways, it's not a match. They start going at it. They start, you know, go fisticuffs, you know. Until, of course, it's Jimmy! Jimmy, Jimmy! He runs in the ring there, helps out a bit, super kicks uh, John Cena in the face. I thought he was going to kick him in the face, but as soon as he gets uh, Soul Score up to the, uh, you know, DFU. DFU DF5, you know, uh, or his uh, DFU, you know, the old, uh, you know. So, and he gets kicked in the face usually that time. It's happened two times before. I thought it was going to be a three times, three times a charm, baby. But no, it becomes two on one until, of course, we got some help. And who is it? Straight from Monday Night Raw, it's uh, Jay Uso. Mm hmm. It's like nobody's showing up to SmackDown today. But Jey Uso shows up and pulls out Jimmy and beats him up. Beats him up a couple. And then in the ring there, it's uh, John Cena. Uh, beats up some Solo Sokoa. Finishes off with the, uh, what's that, not the FU, the Attitude Adjustment. That's right. I called it the FU, but I thought it was. It's the Attitude Adjustment. Anyways, I'm going to keep that on. It doesn't matter. It's just John Cena. That's right, I said. What are you talking about? It's just John Cena. John, get out of the studio. Yikers. Okay, so next up, we got ourselves a controversy backstage. It's, uh, you can say, uh, Mr. Uh, Mickey James, Nick Aldis, back there with some uh, security and uh, Jay Uso. And with Jay, it's uh, this, I guess, the general manager of Monday Night Raw, um, Adam Pierce. And my goodness, comes down to this. 
I can't have you doing this all the time. You can't be here. I gotta have control over this match. This stay. It's my, I am the general manager and therefore I'm laying down the law. It's going to be a $10,000 fine. $10,000 fine. But uh, I guess uh, Adam Pierce is like, well, if you gotta do that, you might as well charge his brother too. Why, if it's like that, he should have charged his brother for coming in in the first place, for uh, uh, interfering with uh, Money Night Raw. You do that, you're charged $10,000. Now get out! So, yeah. What comes down to this? Like, well, how about this? Uh, I'm going to have you escorted from the building. Jay, you so escorted from the building. It's like, well, you can't do that. I'll, how, I'll just escort him out. It's like, I'll just have uh, escort, uh, security escort both of you guys out then. Out you go! And Adam Pierce is like, if this is what you want, war it is! This means war! So, Raw is war again? Could be. Could be. So now we go into the ring there with some uh, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Mm -hmm. And he's got this, he had this big match. And he talks about it a little bit, uh, beating up this online troll. He never says his name. Because I, I saw the match. It was, it was quite embarrassing. Quite embarrassing. Um, Logan Paul. People were cheering for Logan Paul. It was that bad. Anyways, he talks about beating up an online troll. And it comes down to this. Uh, Logan says, I'm not here for Rey Mysterio. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Because he beat Rey Mysterio a long time ago. And as a matter of fact, he's... Now, Logan Paul, he was on top of his game today. He was so good. Um, straight up. He was on point. He had some... Uh, he talked, his talking points were there, and he talked with confidence. It was very, very good to hear. Anyways, he talks about now, last time he fought and beat, now, although Michael Cole saying there was, it was in a tag team match. Uh, doesn't really count. Uh. But anyways, last time he beat him was a long time ago. And when he did that, Dominic Mysterio was still his son. And <laughs> not just that, but uh, that was the time when they fought Roman Reigns, that was the time Roman Reigns actually showed up to work. And that's when he actually showed up <laughs> to, uh, to wrestle. Actually showed up to wrestle. And it's true. Roman Reigns. God damn. <sighs> Undeserving. Undeserving. You know. Abs or should I say the greatest absentee champ of all time. Anyways. Uh, you know. But it comes down to this. Uh, LA Knight. Uh, oh, and another thing. L.A. Knight didn't have a job at that time when uh, he fought uh, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> it was it was some, a lot of good whiffs. But anyways, Rey Mysterio comes out to the ring there. And uh, he says, you know, Logan, you remind me of my son a lot. It's like, how do you know? You're never there. You know you have a son? You know, Rey, you have a son. You know that. <laughs> Take some time. Notice him. He's <laughs> like, you have uh, what do you remind me of? You're very talented. You're very passionate, but you have a big mouth. Yeah, well, you know, Dominic Mysterio would be more respectful if he had a good uh, parental, you know, a good father figure in his life. It's true. I'm going there and not them. <laughs> Anyways, regardless. Um, so he fears he's, he figures he should put uh, uh, Logan Paul in his place and is going to do a crown jewel. So that's right. He's going to gift Logan Paul the... Uh, What's the United States Championship gold? Now, here's the thing. Um, I, my dream, my ultimate dream for the 
United States Championship gold is that Rey Mysterio would lose it to Dominic Mysterio, drop it to Dominic Mysterio. That would be the, I guess, uh, the French kiss, or the chef's <laughs> the the chef's kiss. <clears throat> Depending on who you ask, I guess it could be a French kiss. Anyways, Logan Paul does a power move, the John Cena power move, whether you like it or not, because he puts his hand out for the handshake. I'm, I respect you. Let's go. Let's go. You know, he speaks his Spanish to, uh, you know, respecting Rey Mysterio in Spanish. Hands out to hand. Rey Mysterio was uh, hesitant, you know, but it was uh, Logan Paul grabbing the hand. It's true. Some good stuff. I look forward to Logan Paul. He looks great. Uh, Rey Mysterio. My goodness, you know. His, uh, now, not only does Rey Mysterio have uh, body modification ring gear, but he's got mod body modification clothes. His shirt, he's, <laughs> he's making this. Oh, he, it's hilarious. Hilarious. Regardless of me, you know, shit talking, Rey Mysterio, let's move on. Enough with that. And the next match is uh, the, I guess, uh, the mid card match. It's a tag team match. And this was very interesting. It is. Uh, the team of Austin Theory and Grayson Waller to next big thing. Theoretically, they got all the talent in the world. Great mic skills. They're going far. Versus the team of uh, Cameron Grimes and Dragon Lee. Now, I think both Cameron Grimes and Cam Dragon Lee has been moved up to the main roster way too fast. Cameron Grimes, his... Uh, he's in limbo right now. Cameron Grimes is complete limbo. His uh, his character is, uh, is in limbo. He's going with the... Mongol, the mogul of the uh, GameStop mogul. It's nonsense now. So they're in between. So I, I think they're just thrown together and thrown into the ring into, as for fodder. For the greatness of Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. That's it. This match was the match of the night. This was a good match. Uh, but the referee has got some serious problems. Serious problems. Same referee as the first match. It's got some serious problems now. Inside the match here. Here we go. Um, now we have some moments here. Um, where, actually, Cameron Grimes, he gets a tag in. It was so odd that he got a tag there. Because uh, either Cameron Grimes was not holding the ropes, because it didn't show. Or he's got such a long wingspan that he can actually get the tag there. Because Dragon Lee was in between the ropes. In between the ropes. And uh, right there. So that's... <laughs> he manages to tag himself. And I was like, what? How is that even possible? How is that even... That opens up the door for the whole thing. You know, if he can tag that far out. Wow. Wowie, wowie, wow. It was weird. Anyways. Um, they had... Actually, uh, Kevin Grimes and Dragon Lee had a combination move. Very dangerous move. Done wrong. You can really knock a person out for sure. Dragon Lee goes to a drop toe hold. While, uh, I guess... Uh, um, Austin Terry goes down with the drop toe hold. He gets met with a uh, knee lift to the face. Very dangerous. Very, very impressive. You know? Then we go to the ending of the match, I suppose, the ending sequence where uh, Grayson Waller rolls out of the ring there. Austin Terry runs over to the side to catch up with him, meet up with him. And then he gets kicked in the face by, uh, you know, Cameron Grimes. The old penalty kick to the face. And then it gets out of control. They're all outside the ring there. Cameron Grimes grabs uh, Grayson Waller, throws him face first into the post. Should have been disqualification there, but this is WWE rules. They don't care about using your a person as a battering ram into uh, objects outside the ring. It's nonsense. They should look into this and change some rules up. 
because it's dumb. Anyways, they knock out uh, Grayson Waller for a time being, but I guess they don't, because you know what. Getting thrown into the uh, ring post outside the ring there, apparently it doesn't hurt at all. It just knocks you out for like a second, like a three or four seconds, and you're back on your feet. And then they grab Austin Theory with a double team. They throw him face first into the same ring post. Referee, oh, well, it happened. What are you going to do? Just get in the ring before you count to uh, 10, very slowly. So anyways, it's Cameron Grimes and, uh, you know, Austin Theory in the ring there eventually to get back to the ring. Then it's Grayson Waller. He's like, tries a double team and it's, uh, you know, what's that? Uh, Hammer Grimes taking care of things until, of course, uh, Dragon Lee comes in, takes care of uh, Grayson Waller. Grayson's uh, actually knocked out of the ring by Cameron Grimes. And then you would think it'd be over for Cam or for uh, um, Grayson Waller. Because right after that, it's a top rope tope suicida. A massive tope suicida by Dragon Lee. Regularly, this would knock someone out easily. Dunzo. But this has less effect than throwing your opponent headfirst into the ring post. No effect at all, apparently. So inside the ring, the referee's like walking around there watching the action. And then uh, it's uh, Cameron Grimes picks up... Uh, Austin Theory into the fireman's carry. And then he rakes the eyes. Ah, oh, rake, rake, rake. Referee's like, oh, it's happening, but I don't care. And then Michael Cole's like, yeah, the referee did not see that. No, the referee didn't care. He totally seen it. You can see, I've got a picture. Be watching what's happening. And then after that, it's outside the ring where somehow Dragon Lee, he gets uh, thrown over top of the, uh, common, the uh, what's that, uh, the timekeeper's area. You know, he gets thrown over. I thought he did a finishing, he did a move over the top, but nope, nope. It's Grayson Waller turning, turning things around and dumping Dragon Leaf. For some, somehow that happened. Somehow. I don't know how, but somehow that happened. Inside the ring, it's uh, the scuffle between, uh, you know, Carmen, uh, Cameron Grimes and uh, Austin Theory. Cameron Grimes getting the best of Austin Theory until, of course, uh, Cam uh, uh, what's that, uh, Grayson Waller rolls into the ring and does a double team with a, uh, looks like a flatliner, a flatliner. So forget the DD, forget the cutter. It's a flatliner. You know, the stunner. Nope, no stunner there, flatliner. Anyway, regardless, regardless. Was it supposed to be a flatliner or was it supposed to be a stunner? Who knows? Who knows? After that, it is the A-Town down. That's right. The finisher on Cameron Grimes goes down. It's over. And in seven minutes, too. After that, we got ourselves an interview. Kathy Kelly interviewing Kevin Owens. Talk about the bloodline, stuff like that. And Kevin Owens, uh, <laughs> I guess, unironically, wearing a Yokozuna shirt, where we all know Yokozuna is family, is bloodline. You know, <laughs> it's hilarious. But his whole thing is like uh, him uh, being separated from his old friend, uh, Sami Zayn. But you know what? In truthfulness, in the long picture, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they're long, over 20-year friendship. They've been tag team for a very, very short period of that. Maybe 10% of their long period of friendship as they've been actually a tag team. So they had like 90% of their time they've known each other as friends. They've never been tag team. You know? Regardless, he's back and he's ready for his decent. Misses that he doesn't feel he had a proper rematch to get their tag team championships back. But he's looking forward to the days of uh, ahead as a singles competitor, looking for uh, as a, a clean slate and whatnot. 
It's always good. Kevin Owens back, looking good. Looking good. Starting new with new competitors, new opponents, whatnot. So now with that, we go to our main event match. Our main event match, and it's uh, for the women's championship gold. Now, uh, your uh, reigning and defending champion, it's uh, EO Sky versus uh, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Now, here's the thing. Now, this is Damage Controls. And now, alongside Damage Control, obviously, it's uh, Io, Io, uh, Dakota Kai and Bailey. Now, Bailey, I gotta say, Bailey wearing these short shorts, looking absolutely great. Also, including Bailey not just wearing short shorts, but with the Chris Jericho top ponytail. That's right, she's embracing it completely now. But regardless, seeing uh, the most curvaceous and sexiest woman of, Smack, of uh, SmackDown here, it's great. So that's one positive for the main event. It's Bailey, baby. Enough with Bailey. Let's go with the match. Now the match was pretty darn good. It was pretty darn good. You know, it was about uh, it's about uh, ten, about uh, ten minutes long. No, actually about thirteen, about thirteen minutes long. So it's a pretty uh, respectful length match. It was a barn burner for sure, for sure. But what about what happened in the match itself? Now early on. Charlotte Flair was like a house of cards, just drew some damage until Bailey turns things around by, I guess, distracting Ric Flair by grabbing uh, Charlotte Flair by grabbing her a uh, boot, and then uh, Io Sky took over for a bit. You know, a nice uh, topo suicida and whatnot. You know, started with the drop kick and the topo suicida. Now, match goes on. These are highlighted moments, obviously. Now, uh, Charlotte Flair, she's got a fight outside. Charlotte Flair's got her new move, I guess. I'm not sure what it's going on. I'm not sure who it hurts more. Charlotte Flair gets, uh, I guess, she has uh, Io Sky as a, for a powerbomb. She starts off with the powerbomb section where she's like, uh, um, I guess, uh, Io Sky's. Her crotch is directly in front of uh, Charlotte Flair, Flair's face. And instead of powerbombing, she goes for the electric chair drop Sure, Sheriff Flair takes a full-out bump on the uh, five inches of uh, high-tech foam on top of the hard concrete. And uh, Io Sky lands on her face on the, the hardest part of the ring with her hands. <laughs> slapping the room. Anyways, that was the big move. I don't know why I elaborated so much on that, but I did. So we got a move here. Oh, it, was, uh, it was interesting. They set up. Io Sky, she's on the top rope. Sheriff Flair's on a second rope. And... Uh, I guess um, Corey Graves like, oh, they're in the top rope, so, uh, top rope superplex. It's like, come on, relax now. It's going to be, if anything, it's going to be a second rope superplex. Okay. But it wasn't that at all. Ended up, uh, I'm thinking, yeah, this is not a superplex. It's something even lighter. And uh, it's Eosky, she, she edges over top, a sunset flipping um, Charlotte, and then ends up powerbombing Charlotte Flair off the second rope takes a tower she just takes a heavy bump but it was a safe bump so now we get to another moment here uh, near the end of the match Sheriff Flair picks it gets with show of strength showing her strength she picks up Eos guy on her shoulders fireman's carry she climbs the first rope she climbs to the second rope and she stops there of course you know you gotta you gotta be reasonable here this is the women's division second rope she stops there and then what is the big move gonna be is she gonna spin her out do a cutter um I don't know is it gonna be some sort of uh What's that? Uh, brain buster? Suplex? You know? Nope. Nope, none of that. None of that. She just falls, drops backwards. She falls backwards. It's a... Uh, basically, it's a Samoan drop. 
a safe Simone drop because she pushes Eosky off of her so she doesn't bump her head on Eosky. It was, uh, I don't know. It had good intentions, this move. It had nothing but good intentions, but just was like, okay, yeah. It could have been better, like I say. Death Valley Driver would have been nicer. Anyways, the fight goes on. Eosky gets better of things and it tries to go for over the moonsault. She gets nothing but the feet. Because uh, Charlotte puts her feet up. And then Charlotte goes for... And then after that, she cuts the spear! She hits Eosky with the spear. Is it over? No! Because Bailey, unbeknownst to the ref, throws the foot on the rope. Throws Eos foot on the ropes and calls the ref's attention. And then the match goes on thanks to Bailey. But then Charlotte Flair gets incensed completely. She, she starts beating up Bailey for some unknown reason. Bailey was just looking after her girl. So she starts beating up Bailey. Bailey's playing no, no fight. And then she's uh, eventually, they fight towards the commentating table. And then she's thrown into the commentating table. Whammo thrown over top. But while this is happening, while Charlotte Flair's attention's elsewhere, referee's clearly looking at what's happening outside the ring this time instead of seeing if uh, guy's okay in the ring. <laughs> we got ourselves uh, Dakota, Dakota Kai sliding in Eosky's belt to the ring and then climbing onto the ring apron itself, gaining the referee's attention, saying, Oh, referee, come over here. I've got a great recipe for tofu. Have you tried tofu? I tried with with great soy sauce. I Anyway, she's saying, talk about her great recipes. And uh, meanwhile, Charlotte Flair, she climbs back in the ring there and she wants to finish it. Finish it good. With, uh, you know, Eosky, so she sets up for a massive spear, but right now Eosky's got the belt, and she turns around with the belt, and just like how uh, Ilya Dragnov when he did his uh, torpedo uh, Moscow, and then it ran into Trick Williams' uh, hands when he had the the title in his hands, just like that, she clobbers herself in the head, she clobbers herself in the head, boing, and then that's it, no over the moon salt, just a roll up. Eosky clumsily gets rid of the belt and then goes to the cover. And reigning, you're winning, reigning, defending champion. You're uh, continuous champion is Eosky. Now after the match, it's the two of them, Eosky and Bailey, to come in and starts kicking the hell out of uh, Char uh, Charlotte Flair. But then here we go, hit that music. Who could it be? Who could it be running in the ring there? But it is, uh, that's right. She is the uh, EST, Bianca Blair. Blair runs in there. She starts kicking some ass. You know, uh, I guess uh, Dakota Kai, she's still got the injury. She can't do much. She won't help. So she's watching her teammate getting dismembered. And she grabs uh, Eos Guy for a massive uh, kiss of death. But Bailey saves the day. Takes Eos Guy right off the shoulders. But however, rolling Eos Guy to safety, it is Bailey who is caught in the kiss of death. And she gets kiss of death. Poor sexy Bailey takes a hit for the team. But anyways, uh, it almost seems weird at the end. It was like uh, uh, Charlotte Flair and uh, actually it was uh, Bianca Belair. She's trying to like help up Charlotte and trying to like be buddies with her. And Charlotte's like, what? What are you doing? We're not buddies. Don't help me. You know? So anyways, you can tell Charlotte's doing her best not to like uh, be like, hey, we're a tag team now. Thanks for helping me, girlfriend. You got a girlfriend. High five. You know, that, that was avoided. But anyways, that does wrap it up with this episode of uh, A Smackdown. And 
for our podcast listeners. Also includes the entire episode of Our Wrestling Show. So, uh, for everybody who stayed around for the very end of the show, I hold a very special place in my heart just for you. So, stay tuned for another episode of All Wrestling Show. I've been your host, Lip Hazelwood, saying, uh, I'll catch you on a flippity flop. Your mom told me the other day That you're never home for pie So I promised her in early May I'll make a pie I'll make an apple pie I'll make an apple pie You set your oven to 350 Then you put your pie straight in And when that good pie is not baking Your oven's probably not on Don't freak out, make sure the oven's on Put the pie, it will take a long Well, you think your way is the only way While your mommy's sad and cries That's why I promised in early May I'll make a pie I'll make a pie I'll make an apple pie Pie I like pie that pie has snow? Don't tell me it's apple pie if I bring people together, I make I make the most delicious but that you may in time. Won't you have another Won't you have an apple pie?
Won't you have another slice? Won't you have another slice? Another slice, please. Well, your mom told me the other day that you're never home for pie. So I promised her in early May I'll make a pie. I'll make a pie. Make an apple pie. Won't you have another slice? Won't you have an apple pie? I thought you'd like some apple pie. Just eat my damn apple pie. Baby, eat my pie.